Blog Talk Radio. Here we go. on 138 i actually have a microphone again alex it's tremendous yeah how goes it sir it it goes well that that new intro rocked uh especially at the end there it makes me want to uh punch a horse (laughs) every time i hear the real extreme diffusion theme i just want to like mark somewhere like it's an entrance (laughs) i wanted to take my headphones off and just walk around the corner and put my arm in the air and then start throat punching people like takashi yoshida (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a, it's oh, a but, it, but it feels great but it feels great to be back uh dual episode week here for wrestlecast radio of course on the strong style media network um and yeah i mean we're, we're gonna go 
I, I guess a little stateside, uh, Anglo, if you were, we're going to talk some uh, all out since the last time we did our preview for that, as well as uh, NXT UK Cardiff. Um, and then, of course, uh, we had Clash of Champions last night um, over on the network there. So we're talking about that and we'll get into our Puro side a little later into the week, talking some New Japan, All Japan, maybe some Dragon Gate. Ryan will throw uh, down on some stardom as well. So pretty fun, exciting stuff this week. On yeah, I'm, I'm excited to kind of jump around Japan later in the week because there was so much good stuff. Also, too, uh, we got to talk about that fantastic Yuji Okabayashi Takuya Nomura Big oh, Japan yes. title match because that was holy. I had to, I was obviously I had to put Dicey second bonus team in there. And when the guitar riffs start, I had to make sure the volume was louder than everything just because that's what <laughs> Dicey Sekimoto does to me. But then I was like, well, I can't put it in him without a strong BJ partner, Yuji Okabayashi. So I had to throw Yuji <laughs> in there, too. <laughs> like, it's only fitting. Man, that match is badass. But, yeah, later in the week here, we will be uh, having a, a Puro show, if you will. But like he mentioned, we're staying semi-stateside. Do you want to well, we'll head across the pond a little bit, so. Yeah, that's true. We got to go over to Wales. But uh, before we jump right into those, uh, I, want, I want to take it over to our news correspondents, who usually guides us through our lovely news segments. Uh, Alex, let's talk some news because there's some stuff that you said you wanted oh. to have a nice little early afternoon rant come out of my mouth. So uh, take it away, sir. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll crack open in, uh, in, in, the, in the, the sediment of one Joey Janela who got slapped today. I'll open up a white cloth for the man. Uh, but Alex, <laughs> the floor is yours, sir. <laughs> Wow. So in the latest uh, WTF is going on with this company, Ring of Honor um, has announced that themselves, as well as their TV champion, Shane Taylor, um, agreed to a buyout of his contract effective immediately. A lot of people are thinking, eh, is this just a work? Sadly, I don't think anybody cares enough to actually think that. Maybe one or two people in the head office. But unfortunately, it does not seem like a work since uh, Shane Taylor is going to be, uh, you know, essentially starting his own promotions company. If that's true, good luck, sir. God bless. But where does this, uh, he's been very unhappy re- with Ring of Honor, you know, kind of showcasing how he wasn't even on the poster as a champion, uh, you know, for the death before Dishonor pay-per-view. But of course, it had everybody else but him. So, you know, been fuming, you know, behind the scenes for a little while here. But Ryan, good God, their champion just wants out. doesn't even want TV champion money. Ryan, what do you think of this latest cluster <laughs> from ROH? I mean, ROH is doing their damnedest to try to negotiate a one-night title defense uh, in that match on the 27th in Vegas against Flip Gordon and Tracy Williams, which I'm sure will just end up being one of the, you know, a one-on-one for the vacant title. Mm-hmm. At this point, I don't even know why you waste your time. You already are embarrassing yourself with ticket sales. You're embarrassing the way that you don't know how to handle talent. You know, you had the biggest opportunity to gain your fan base back in all of your, your history since, you know, since the glory days of Daniels, uh, Brian Danielson and Joe and stuff. And you choose to do some kind of a work with Enzo and Kaz and the Briscoes. <laughs> Call it a shoot or not, security would have broke that up if it wasn't. And, then, and it went nowhere. No, it, it never was talked about again. It was so bad that the fact that the Gorillas of Destiny just walked away. Like, mm-hmm. they just left. They, and they were like, God, we just want to lose these titles. 
We don't even want to work for your company. <laughs> now they're TV champions doing the same thing. They they have, they make the wrong decision, and it's not a knock against them, but they should have had Marty Skrull become the new world champion that night in the ladder. They put it on Taven because Skrull's contract is coming up, and then they forget that, that Matt Taven comes up before Skrull. Before his. <laughs> like, how stupid, stupid. <laughs> Randy Orton would be killing these guys right now. You know, so it's almost to this point, don't even worry about bringing them back. Just let Flip and Williams go at it one-on-one for the title. If Taylor comes back, you know, he's just jobbing anyway. Who knows if he half-asses it or, you know, doesn't even care anyway. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. This company has just gotten so bad. And it's just gone down the drain. I remember I, I, I screenshotted you some pictures of some of their ticket sales at some of their shows. And there was only like 34 tickets sold at one of the events. And they moved it to a whole different city to try to capitalize on getting better sales because it was such a failure. You know, well, yeah, just, I mean, it's I mean, look at the the last one that there was just last week in Chicago. The, the Global Wars teaming up with CMLL, I think, maybe drew a little under 600. I mean, Ring of Honors usually, you know, can garner some good things, you know, some good attendance there, but they've usually had New Japan piggyback on there, which I'm sure now another uh, wrestling organization is going to be hoping for that's a little uh, synergy, which we'll get into here in a second. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're big Midwest stops, you know, it's always been Chicago and then over in Michigan, but you combine for maybe a little over 11, 1200 for both shows. Ryan, that's a big red alert, is it not? Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, you, you look at, you just take a company like Zero One, who's probably, I don't know, the number seven promotion in, in all of Japan, and they do a mm-hmm. Corican show, and they still draw 1,300 out of the, on a 1,600 some building. Like, and that's, that's not considered a giant success because it's Corican. You know, you're in Chicago. You should be, yeah. you should be selling no problem. I just, I, and this is something I said when we, when we kind of did our uh, WrestleMania show. I said, I guarantee you after Madison Square Garden, we're not going to see New Japan essentially tied to this company ever again. Get it right on. (laughs) I mean, they're calling CMLL to try to do things now because they don't have anyone to do it with them. You know what's crazy is Warrior Wrestling, who runs a few events out of the year, probably a lot more now, um, you know, south side of Chicago, about 50 minutes south of uh, Chicago Ridge there, and, you know, I'm sure Ring of Honor was trying to, you know, climb onto the, you know, CMLL, Hispanic, you know, uh, area, you know, that, that is around Chicago Ridge. You know, Warrior Wrestling does it right. They, they get, you know, 70%, you know, uh, you know, south of the border wrestling talent, and, and it packs a crowd. Probably, hell, Ryan, the one that we, we went to was probably just as loud, if not louder, than a Ring of Honor event. But then again, I also remember a few years ago, I went and saw Bullet Club versus LIJ at that same venue, and I was shocked by how many empty seats there were. So it's just, it's interesting, but it's just like some of their top talent, we know Skrull's probably gone. Taven will probably stay, but do you see where he could be successful, like, say, if Impact uh, reached out to him? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think Matt Taven would be dumb to leave, especially with the ball in his court right now. But why leave? I mean, there's there's nothing, no one showing up. I mean, he's literally, I mean, he's not building anything higher for attendance. No. It seems to be. 
But it's it just, you know, it reminds me, it's like it's like the Briscoes and Jay Lethal. I just think they're never going to leave. And I think Taven's in a spot where he saw Mike Bennett leave. He saw Adam Cole leave. He was that one member of the kingdom still left, and they, they took care of him for not leaving, too. You know, so I, I can see that that's, I don't know, it's, every time I think about this, I'm like, well, Ring of Honor's got a rebound at some point, right? And then every time I, I, I second guess it, and they just do something more stupid. You yeah. know, like I, when I was in when I was in Miami in February, I went to that one show. I was able to just go sit ringside because it wasn't sold out. Like I bought <laughs> second row and moved to ringside an hour before the event started. Like there was two hundred people there. Wow, in Miami. Yeah, that's, and there was that's and, and this had Zack Saber Jr. was on the show. Uh, Mayu Iwatani beat Kelly Klein for the title on that show. Like, mm-hmm. there was some big things on that show. And it just was like, all right, well, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so you think Taven would, you know, obviously flourish if he stayed with Ring of Honor. Obviously, scroll, you know, AEW bound, uh, what, 99.9%. Uh, yeah. What about Jay Lethal? Can he prosper anywhere outside of being the Ring of Honor guy? Yeah, he had a stint with Impact Wrestling doing, you know, various gimmick imitations. But with the Lethal, I mean, can he succeed in the WWE with uh, how how Impact Wrestling is now? Um, we've seen him in New Japan. It was a lot of, you know, yawners, you know, it would seem like, unfortunately. But, I mean, or AEW. Can he succeed outside of there? Or should he stay? with the Ring of Honors and the MLW statures? I, I think he was doing fine in Impact. I know some of the stuff he wasn't doing, you know, was that notable, but I mean, he got a victory over Kurt Angle. He had that great little program with uh, he had a great with Ric run. Flair. You know, so I mean, yeah. he was doing well. I think he could do good in an AEW. It'd be a different spot. I don't know what they would do totally with him. I would say you could, you could move him to NXT, but I mean, Matt Riddle who's one of the biggest stars they have, they're setting him to evolve because they don't have anything for him. You know, so it's just in, in, I I mean, this is a rant I can get into another time here, but I mean, with, with NXT starting on, on Wednesday, I already see that's going to go a different way. You know, the minute AEW starts sniffing a decent rating, I think NXT changes. So I don't know if he would even work in NXT. I mean, how you, you know, the minute, that AEW gets remote. Like, I don't think AEW is going to catch NXT in ratings, but I think the minute they get close, you know, damn well, Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar is going to end up on NXT for a show. <laughs> no, not, not, not those two guys. I mean, you'll get maybe an AJ Styles. Maybe that's when you pull the club and undisputed era. I think that's, it, that's kind of their, their safety net there. I, I, cause it's at the point where they gotta, they gotta, Stop treating it as development. Just call it a third brand, and then and they you are. Know, Triple H is calling it the third brand on the countless conference calls from after Takeover Cardiff, SummerSlam, and and just recently he is establishing it as the third brand. So does this mean they're going to start an, another development now to do full sale? Possible. Uh, I mean, internationally, yes. Uh, stateside, I I don't know. I I think the PC is their developmental. Like they're not putting Kona Reeves on the USA Network. Possibly, it's two hours. I mean, Nitro had to throw in, you know, their version of Kona Reeves. Uh, who's the <laughs> Prince Ayakea? <laughs> Prince 
Anti Akira reference from December 16th, 2019. Let's go. And then and that's <laughs> them getting back at wrestling back on TNT, you know. So like, they, they got their they idea. Can't, they, they can't confidently put Aaliyah on their televisions, can they? No, but you can, we could see a lot more, you know, uh, Bianca Belair now. We could see a lot that's more, true, you know, true. other of the MMA horsewomen. So, I mean, I think the two-hour slot's going to benefit a lot more people and establish it as a brand because now you can get, I, I don't know, maybe you don't get get another secondary title per se since there's already two, one? Anywho, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I, I don't know, maybe you do add a, a women's tag team championship. To the NXT brand, like, even though like, the one strap or, or, or the one set is supposed to establish on all three, I don't know. <laughs> they're they're trying to make every brand its own, so I think they have to get their own uh, tag team uh, championships for the women now. Like, and that's it, NXT. But like, I'm terrified for what's going to happen two months from now. <laughs> from all like, the uh, jumping the sharks by all the companies that, for ratings. No, like that NXT isn't going to be what NXT is. Like, and it's uh, always starting to change. Like, the one thing that was always so great about NXT is you'd get a good year, year and a half run of these guys Kevin Owens, Samoa mm-hmm. Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura. And then it was almost like the old NWA when they lost the title, you knew they were leaving the territory. Yes. And then they would go on, and then we get the next crop of guys. You know, we were excited because we were going to get the Matt Riddles the Keith Lee, things like that. But it's still just Johnny Gargano and then still Adam Cole. And I'm not saying those are bad, but you know what I mean? Like, it isn't what made NXT so special. It's not that revolving door where we continuously get great new pro- programs and feuds. It's, all right, I've, you know, I, I've seen this 45-minute extravagant match with the same two guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see the new crop come through. Like, I want to see Matt Riddle. I want to see... You know, I, I I was hoping to see Kushida until he's now he's on two hundred five live. Two hundred five live, yeah. God, I I called that one the minute he signed. I said, bro, they're not going to do what you they you think they're going to do. The minute you get comfortable, <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Kushida, we got something different. You draw, you draw Kushida come here. We have something different. Hey, he's talking. not setting up the ring though on two hundred five live though. <laughs> Even egregious to think that we still to this day we read that he was setting up the ring like what the hell? But it's and and I don't mean it as bad because I love Adam Cole, I love Red Dragon, I love Roderick Strong. Like I want to see those guys. But you you remember when it was like, oh, here comes the next crop, and now we're gonna get the next thing. It was it was like a territory, and that's not there anymore. And that's why I think they kind of did that with that tournament they had, you know, where it was like the next rising star. It was literally a class that they signed and they threw yeah. them all together. You know, That's so I true. think that was kind of their way like, hey guys, remember we, we kind of did this because, I mean, let's be real. They were throwing a lot of advantages over the last two or three months. So I'm sure they were you know, not only with their writers and Vince, you know, minutes before shows on air, but I'm sure they were trying to do that with like the whole company. Hey, we got this Fox money. It's coming sooner and sooner. What are we going to be doing? Hey, we just signed all this talent. We're keeping all this talent from not going to other companies. All right, what are we doing? I, I'm sure everybody is on their wits end out in Connecticut there, um, you know, as is, you know, probably the whole professional wrestling landscape, you know, for the next couple of weeks. But I mean, with 205, you know, rumor is is that's going to dissolve. And then essentially, 
meld into uh, NXT. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, that'd be cool. I, I wouldn't hate it, but, you know, you look at Classic Would that be the cruiserweight section on a Wednesday night? Since so AEW will have Japanese women, they'll have the Joshis, and then will that be their answer? If if they're doing a cruiserweight division on NXT, 90% of the roster is going to go for the title then. But that's what's special Like I'll say this Clash of Champions I did not Think was that great of a show It was very average with a couple Especially coming after Extreme Rules You know yeah that was before SummerSlam But that was the like the last pre Big 4 or 5 Show where like wow that was really enjoyable It just (laughs) fell flat on its face We were scared to like Admit like all right, Undertaker and Roman Reigns Was the opener And I liked it I, you did. I liked it too. All right, let's yeah. talk. Yay! You know? <laughs> but like, there was there was one match that would have gotten a four star had they not did the typical WWE and shit the bed with the finish. And then the other one was yeah. Drew Gulak, Humberto Carrillo, and Lince Dorado. I went three and three quarters. It was tremendous. That by the way, that ref is live, down in that match you were talking about. Like it, it's it's having. Having that 205 live is is good. Those matches are always great. The crowd was chanting, this is awesome. Like, if they don't realize mm-hmm. that people are into – Alberto Carrillo and, and Lindsay Dorado had a spot with Gulak on his shoulders. I don't know. Did you watch the pre-show? Uh, no, I, I saw the highlights. I mean, you didn't miss much in Styles and Cedric. That was a glorified squash, which blew Two my spots. freaking mind. Yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> Okay, he's all right. Cedric's hot. Oh, he just took two styles. Oh, he's, oh, oh, it's over. And they're beating him up after the match. It was his hometown. What do you expect? Well, not only not only did they beat him up after the bell, but then they clearly walked away and didn't even get anyone to like come and help him. I was like, <laughs> damn, guys. I was like, well, that was fun. Where's the janitor's union when you need it? Come on. <laughs> yeah, like there's got to be some some somebody in the back cleaning something in Charlotte that wanted to help the hometown, but. You know, Dude, this is tight. Kushida and Tazawa's in the same ring right now. This is pretty rad. In Madison just, Square uh, Garden. That's it was, cool. It was, it, was, uh, it, was, it was what? Kendrick and Tazawa against Kushida and uh, who was his partner? I can't remember. Kendrick. Brian Kend- Kendrick. The Kendrick Brian was Kendrick. with, who was with Kushida? Oh, uh, Jack Gallagher. That's what it was, yeah. And, and it was a good match. It was a fun match. And, and I'll say this. I'm excited to see Kushida on 205 Live because once again, they have so much down there that they sign this guy and they don't even know what to do with him. And, and to, what, to tie this back to Ring of Honor, I've been conditioned that I'm terrified over anything that I like in WWE getting ruined. I am terrified that in just two nights, we're going to watch NXT on USA because I'll watch the first one for sure. And I'm going to go, wow, this is nothing compared to what it used to be. Great. Mm-hmm. They already screwed it up. And that's just like Ring of yeah, Honor. Yeah, but you're already setting it up to fail. I don't think they're going to go that far from the product. Yes, the cameras are going to be different. It's going to be shot differently. But I think the talent and what they're going to be doing is going to be there. I think this will be an effective change. Trips promises, you know, not, nothing's going to change with their weekly show, their their, their takeover specials. Well, even though they, they did change the uh, January one to the, what was it, War of the Worlds or Battle of the yeah, Worlds, whatever done. MTV it's Challenge ripoff they've done. So technically, you're a liar, just like how we run the universe. Um, but <laughs> to go back Wait, also to your 205 Live point, 
you know, like you said, everybody has been saying they are putting on great matches. I remember over a year ago, you said, you start watching 205 Live, I'm giving three and a half, four-star matches on a consistent basis. And a lot of people were chiming in that line, but it just, people were too afraid to be that vocal. Yep. That was the thing. People were just too afraid online to be like, wow, 205 Live is awesome. It's like an independent movie, you know, that's how a few people will talk about it, discuss it, but it doesn't get that big chime besides Oh, look yeah. at the ratings. No one's watching. So, I mean, they, they, they've had talent for over the last three years. Hell, since Neville dominated that show, but he elevated everyone to make it better for them to chase that title. Now, it seems like they're, you know, hot potatoing the championship ever since WrestleMania, or I should say, uh, big match Buddy Murphy. And, and I'll say this, too, like, I agree. I Let's trust throw him back on there. I, I'm, I'm trusting the process. I'm hoping it works. But in in your deepest heart of hearts, out of a zero to a hundred percent, how confident are you that nothing will change in NXT? How confident has this company conditioned you to think that you are a hundred percent confident there will be no difference? I'm like this is all what, deja vu of a, a conversation we had maybe two years ago. Like, do you see what? So you see where my concern comes in. Like, I don't want to be the guy to have the concern, but this they have. It's just like Russell, the post WrestleMania Raw. We're gonna get Kofi, Seth Rollins, title for title, and nobody popped because everybody in that building was like, "It's gonna end in a schmoz," yeah. and then it did, and and everyone just started chanting BS, and then all the chants broke out, and everyone was confused. Well, how did that happen? Well, it's because you guys conditioned us to assume that you're going to fail. <laughs> and that's it's why like I'm the, scared to death. It's, it's like the boy who yells psych too much. <laughs> yeah. It's, and this, this is exactly what Ring of Honor has become. I am conditioned to think. I used to buy that, the ROH pay-per-view on Fight every time. Alex, it's in the queue. Purchase it. Watch it when you can. Let's talk about it. Bam, we got... Jay Lethal and Kushida, two guys that have been a topic of this last 10 minutes. Tremendous matches, everything they're doing. Man, it's, it's, it's like watching an Impact pay-per-view. Somehow, it always works. And now I'm just like, man, I don't even care to watch it anymore. No. By I the way, Ball for Glory's in Chicago. Yeah, I kind of want to do that and the Pro Wrestling Tees VIP thing. Mm-hmm. Autograph some pictures with everyone. I was like, whoa, that's kind of tight. But um, I, Ring of Honor, I, I'll throw another name out there. Friend of the show, uh, the, the man who is not a human, PCO. Obviously, Ring of Honor gave him a try, gave him, you know, a, a platform to showcase how awesome he is, you know, not only on uh, social media, but, of course, in the ring, throwing his body cautiously into the wind uh, onto many, many outside aprons. Um, do you think he should stay in Ring of Honor, or do you think he should kind of stick and flourish somewhere else, like maybe an Impact? We already seen him in MLW, but what do you think if he went to NXT? If I'm PCO, I, well, I think he already, I think he has heat with Vince, so I don't think that would happen. Um, I may be wrong running it, but I, <laughs> I just assume all these guys have heat with Vince anyway. But um, uh, you know, if I'm a guy like that who's at the age he is, I just stay where I am. I just kind of hang under the radar and hope I can keep my contract for five, 10 years and just do what I do where 
I do a suicide dive on nobody because I malfunctioned and I didn't jump in the right <laughs> spot, you know, doing things like that. Like, I just lay under the radar because eventually this company's going to shoot themselves in the foot where they're going to go, well, looks like you're the next guy. <laughs> and then you start getting a bigger push and maybe you get a payday. And, like, I'd, I'd love to see them do more, but right now I'm like, you know what, let's just, let's just stay where you are, hide under the radar and get some, get paid and keep your career resurrected. It'd be pretty great if PCO was the one who took uh Marty Skrull out of villain enterprises later on this fall. And then, you know, somehow like on his social media stuff, um, you know, where somehow he just plucks the arms off of Marty Skrull, like kind of like the wings of a bird. And then essentially <laughs> like, all right, he's out. That's, that's it. It's a wrap. And then he just takes over. Uh, the enterprises there, but um, yeah, I, I I could see him, but I don't know. I I like to see him not stay in quicksand forever either, and then <laughs> you know putting his body through through any and everything for two people. Do you think they had Flip Gordon join Villain Enterprise to be the guy to take over the stable? Uh, I would have said yes until they kicked him out. They kicked him out already. Oh, yeah, you didn't know that? Uh, breaking news, Flip Gordon is kicked out of uh, Wait. the Bill and Enterprises. I need to use the Google. <laughs> Villain Enterprises. He just joined it like, two months ago, three months ago, and then, yeah, they pretty much Flip Gordon fired from to the Bill- curb. <laughs> He joined at Best in the World, which was the end of July or end of June. Yeah. <laughs> this company sucks. <laughs> Who could be that guy? Flip Gordon could be. Oh man, Alex got so mad he just left. You know what, Flip, that was a great wrestling role, but actually we got the feedback from Villain Enterprises TV, and it turns out that fans, they effing hate your guts. People are pissed about you ordering a steak well done. Even Zack Saber Jr. is pissed about your well done steak. Anyway, I'm so I'm sorry something came to this, but Flip, you're fired. He was fired because he ordered a well done steak. My God, how is Ring of Honor went from one of the top companies in all of wrestling, like I mean, we traveled to Chicago to watch one of their, their shows when it was AJ against Cedric Alexander and things like that. And now it comes to the thing where they, they turn one of their biggest baby faces heel and then he gets fired on a YouTube show because he ordered a well-done steak with Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> this company sucks. Yeah. Alex, I am over Ring of Honor. If you have anything else left to chime in, great. But that just pushed me over the level. <laughs> I, I, I'm good. Does the uh, the the garbage fire of the last year uh, put a bad taste of of their legacy? I, no, because if you look back at some of their stuff, I mean they're the ones that introduced the Dragon Gate stuff to America. I mean they had match of the year in that that six man Dragon Gate show WrestleMania weekend, I think two thousand five. Um, great partnership with them. They gave us Kenta Kobashi Samoa Joe, which is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, they gave, we got a, a GHC NOAA Heavyweight Championship title match in New York between Masawa and Kenta. Like, wow. They did tremendous things. Like, yeah, this is some of the stuff like I, I wish I could get a hold of and show you, but it's part of their old parent company. I think it's Sinclair Broadcasting or whoever it was. But 
you can't even like get these matches anymore. And it's just, it sucks because there was so much good stuff that like, it's one of those things kind of like where I was going to go on the new Japan world and just find a match. You go, Alex, here's your match for the day. Like there's so much stuff yeah. from back in the day. That was just so good. Kenta um, defended the GHC junior heavyweight Noah championship against Loki at a show, which was just bonkers. I mean, they used to do so much good stuff. And then, I don't know, man. This Joe Coff and whoever. Maybe there's Sinclair now. This is just, it's just, it's a joke. It's just, uh, it sucks, man. You have that bringing have... fans in the locker room and intimidating yeah. oh, them. Oh, I forgot about that. And then no resolution after what six weeks after the 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 incident well, happened. And then, and then don't they were. Do you think yeah, they planted on. the other incidents that then? Everyone online, you know, D'Angelina loves and the other wrestlers saying, this is why what we're saying. And then they would talk well, about other incidents to kind of placate to their cause of that incident. Don't forget that after the that incident you're talking about, it left and died off. And then like a month ago, they re-brought it back up and said they didn't find anything in their investigation. So they're just going to leave it alone. Yeah. This was done five months ago. Why are you still And they should have just up? left it alone. Yeah, like, what is wrong with you? Like, We're wrestling fans, for goodness sakes. We're supposed to forget everything the second it happens. Uh, speaking of forgetting of everything the second it happens, Ryan, uh, CMLL uh, apparently is uh, in negotiations with the WWE about them buying their network. So I don't think there's any more global wars coming along. So who do you think <laughs> Ring of Honor? Two more questions on Ring of Honor. Who do you think they partner with next, uh, you know, uh, with a Mexican promotion uh, or any promotion outside of the States? Um, and will they be out of business by 2021? Ring of Honor? No. They have so much money that they'll be they'll, – they'll stay alive. But it's just it's just a matter of how much are people going to watch and how much do they not care. You know what I mean? But that's what I'm saying. If you're not generating revenue, yeah, you can. Oh, your the, the network that you know owns you is is airing you. But I mean, well, if no one's watching, no one going. What's the point of running a company? Look at look at um look at Impact. They 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 still don't die. Like some that's of these true. companies that just have financial backings. They just they always just find a way to. I, I think yeah, you know what they do? They Access. buy other TV stations. That's yeah, definitely what Anthem did. Yeah, this way, this way they were able to keep their company on there. It's just, oh. oh my gosh! So last week or a couple of days ago or what have you, it seems like it was forever ago. But it was just, uh, uh, yeah, like I said, a couple of days ago, I believe on Saturday, um, Anthem purchases Access TV. Um, the rumor of the of Impact Wrestling going to, to Access has been around for a few months now. Um, which everyone was like, ooh, and aahing, aahing because of, of course, New Japan Pro Wrestling on there. Um, wow, on there as well on Saturday nights, their wrestling block. Um, hell, Ring of Honor, you know, was getting a little, you know, uh, more screen time by being on Access TV from back in the day. Um, but now it looks like it will be the home of Impact, Ryan. Um, a, it's supposed to be a few hundred thousand more houses, I believe, than, than Pursuit was. Um, but I know you still don't, don't have access TV. Uh, will this bring new eyes to the product, even though they still will um, air their shows on Twitch as well? Um, and what do you think this will do with the relationship with Anthem Sports Access, or I should say Anthem Access, 
um, Impact Wrestling and New Japan Wrestling. Of course, uh, New Japan does not like Impact due to the uh, you know the way they treated and 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 used Kazuchika Okada as well as many other countless talents from, uh, from the uh, dojo there. Uh, I <laughs> so I mean, do you think a relationship can build, or do you think now New Japan like all right, all elite, let's talk? So there's a lot to unpack with what you asked me. So. Bear with me here as I break this into a bunch of little mini segments. New Japan is under contract till January of 2021 with Access. So, so they're good for the next foreseeable 15 months. I can guarantee you New Japan, even though Anthem already says they can't wait to talk to him, will ever do business with that company again. When, when Okada does interviews and anyone mentions Impact, he just does that like awkward smile and just kind of goes to the next question. Like He doesn't want to talk about it. He just wants to pretend it never happened. Like This, this guy is their golden goose. This guy may arguably go down as the greatest wrestler who has ever lived, and, and he's only 31 or 32 or whatever. They don't want anything to do with that company. Um, as for, I, I think everything stays the same. I've heard that they're going to try to put a block together that's going to have New Japan Impact and potentially uh, Wow, like in a giant wrestling block from six to ten or something, where you get you get the New wow. Japan show, which then leads you into Impact, so Impact can kind of gain the New Japan fans. And then after Impact, you'd have the Women of Wrestling show that actually did pretty good on access. On Pursuit Impact, so the Nielsen ratings don't even list Impact, which if you do the if you look at the Nielsen ratings, they don't track anything that does less than 5,000 watches. Okay. So Impact wasn't even doing 5,000 plays a day or on, on the, <laughs> for the show. Um, New Japan does about six figures, somewhere in the low to mid six figures, I think. So regardless of people loving or hating Impact, they're going to get natural piggyback off of that. So it's going to help regardless. They have their own network now that they get to promote themselves on. But they're going to be jumping into a fan base that's like, you know, six figures more than what they are even getting. So the, so the percent of the increase is incredible. I wonder if they'll have Impact wrestlers on Dan Rather, because I know Dan Rather and concert specials are pretty much the only thing on Access. <laughs> Dan Rather. <laughs> I mean, they must be getting be asked about Impact. <laughs> uh, I mean, they must be getting really good numbers on Twitch, then, right? Um, I think they're getting two, three thousand. They're probably barely hitting ten thousand between the two. Wow. They must really love wrestling for that to still be in, you know, <laughs> still operating. Like, geez, and, you would think the Carters and, were running it. So here's here's one thing that I've heard a lot of people on Twitter talk about that, that could be an odd issue, is when New Japan is on Access, Access was in charge of the American promotion, like the way that it was shown on Access, they were in charge of having the commentary team on access, the production on access. That was all theirs. W or New Japan would go, here you go. And then that's when Jim Ross and Josh Barnett would just talk over it type thing. Um, lately, they've just been playing the exact thing that they're getting with Kevin Kelly and, you know, Cheeto Gambino or whoever. And they're just playing it. And that's why it's dropping like the next day after these shows on access. What scares me is how long before access suddenly goes, 
uh, just send us the matches. We don't need the the voiceover. And we start mm-hmm. seeing Josh Matthews doing commentary for New Japan. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> don't say that. No. Like, that could, I would have had the guys who carry the Dragon Gates than Josh Matthews. Yeah, bring it, bring in the dude that did uh, Dragon Gate, Larry Dallas and Rich Pacini or whatever. They did a really good job. You know, and Pacini, it was the first Pacini. time they'd ever done it. You know, I mean, we we propped them and they were appreciative. They they marked back with us, like you know, good dudes. I appreciate that. Yeah. Like, they worked hard for that. So I don't know, man. It's just I don't think anything's gonna change. I don't have access TV anyway, so it really doesn't affect me. But. I don't think you're going to lose any of the big New Japan stuff anyway, because people like us, like Destruction and, uh, uh, what was it, Destruction and uh, Kagora wasn't the Beppo. I can't remember what it was today. But, you know, that show was at 4 a.m. this morning. I watched it about 8 or 9 o'clock this morning. Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to just go out of my way to watch it immediately on the network anyway. I'm not watching it live. I'm not going to wait for Access TV if I had it. So, <laughs> You know, that doesn't even really affect me anyway. So I, I don't think it'll make a difference. I just, I think it was just a smart play by Impact. And it, it, you know, once again, it's like Jeff Jarrett, man. This company just doesn't die. It's like they're trying to be Canadian Vince McMahon's. We're going <laughs> to buy TV stations instead of promotions. But, I mean, only time will tell. I mean, like you said, New Japan's, with, you know, under contract with them. For a little over a year, so I mean, tranquilo, guys. So it'll be interesting. I, money talks, though. I mean, it'll it'll be with you know Harold Meyer and and you know Scott Demore, and I mean, and we can't forget though, you know, Cyrus the Virus has a relationship with New Japan. He was just doing commentary what for Dominion, or it seems like something earlier this year. So I mean. I, I, I guess stay tuned. Stranger things have happened. Ryan says uh, nothing uh, will will make of it, but you know who knows? Who knows? But do and, you think uh, they might run to AEW? Not run because they don't need anyone, obviously. But do you think New Japan and AEW might start talking just out of spite to Impact? I could see eventually something happens with it. You know, it's kind of like you mentioned, where it's it's not a big issue right now. You know, they have a great relationship with RevPro. But eventually you're going to want to get your guys to be able to excursion places. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you you look at, like, Ring of Honor. Um, when uh, uh, Sakaki Watanabe, who's now evil, or Kametachi, uh, you know, Hiromo Takahashi. When they were there in Ring of Honor, they, they'd stay at, like, Sumi Sakai's house while they're in America. And Ring of Honor wouldn't book them for any shows. So they'd just be sitting there. So not even out on excursion, like working independence, being booked through Ring of Honor. They're just like, ah, we'll work the occasional Ring of Honor show. Like, Evil just sat around in San Antonio and worked a couple of local indies, and that was it. Like, maybe at least now, when they excursion to America, they could just book them out of the L.A. Dojo with Shibata and just have them stay there. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't know if do them any favors anyway. Which, speaking of uh, Shibata, he's holding another talent tryout at the LA Dojo, I believe, uh, pretty soon here. Uh, will we see the uh, – what was your gimmick? I forgot your gimmick. Uh, will, will we see you head out west there, Ryan? Uh, we will not. Um, I, I got into a mini wrestling match the other night at Elijah's house and uh, I was chopped and I have half of my chest ripped off from the chop. So I am not callous for these things anymore. Um, That's I have funny. bruises on my shins. 
Um, I'm an old man. I will sit in front of a microphone instead. But I will say, speaking of the, the Nostradamusisms, uh, this just broke. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing because I really like the guy and I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, but let me, let me read this up. This is from H. Jenkins. The expectation now after SmackDown is that Kevin Owens will be in Orlando this week on September 18th, and he will appear for the NXT yep. brand. Whether he's there for a short period of time or a long-term thing, I don't know, but the expectation is that Owens will be part of NXT on Wednesday. Once oh, totally. again, there, and I'm not saying it's bad, but this is literally what I, I'm envisioning this happening is these Raw and SmackDown guys will just end up crossing over to NXT, and it's going to stop all the momentum of having all these up-and-coming stars which then in turn now will have a new full cell territory developing and now we'll have four brands or five brands if you call 205 Live one. And then everyone's going to like the development one that's at full sale because it's going to feel like NXT used to and then people <laughs> are going to resent NXT as a third brand and then it's just going to be the same thing we're at with Ron SmackDown. I, I, mm, I, I knew about the Owens thing because, I mean, it's, it's obvious he's fired from WWE, so where else is he going to go? He's been teasing it as well. He's one of the most beloved guys, I would say, that that's, you know, worked the uh, the full sale NXT, you know, especially with the early takeover events there. So, I mean, eh, I don't know. I, I think it'll be something. I mean, why wouldn't you want to see him and Adam Cole go for the, uh, the NXT championship, though, right? Oh, yeah. And, and like I said, it's not a bad thing. Like, Kevin Owens on that brand is not bad for the brand. It's just it more so pontificates into where I'm going with what I thought was going to happen. Like it, it, I said that 20 minutes ago to you, and I look on I'm looking on the dirt sheets for the first time in, a, in about a week because I was behind on so much stuff until this weekend. But I'm like, ha! Oh, broke today. Kevin Owens, got to be kidding me, man! <laughs> <laughs> you got to be kidding me. So I don't know. I just I'm. I'm hoping everything stays fine. I'm hoping there's nothing bad. Uh, oh, tranquilo. Yeah, I... <sighs> tranquilo. Um, I mean, that's essentially, I mean, a few other items, but I'm sure I can kind of work those into the stories here, of course. One of the big items, uh, all elite wrestling, Ryan, uh, all out, you know, sold out in a mere minutes, hundreds of thousands of people waiting in the ticket queue when tickets went on sale a few months ago. Um, unfortunately, Russell Cast Radio was not part of the presence there and or StarCast. But there's always November. Psych, we're in retail, guys. We won't be there. But uh, All Elite Wrestling was August 31st in Chicago, all out, which we will discuss here. I know, Ryan... What are your thoughts overall on, on what would this be the second show, third show from them since uh, the, the fight for the fallen technically wasn't a pay-per-view? Um, I guess technically, well, I mean, I guess fighter fest fight for the fallen, depending on what you want to call them, but I guess otherwise you can say double or nothing in this. I just saw the thing about Sasha Banks getting her butt groped by the fan in the front row. That's uh, pretty disturbing. Guy looks like Gross. MGK. Uh, it she was MGK. The guy. It M- was that son of a bitch. It's an angle. What's going to happen on Raw tonight? <laughs> Apparently, Raw is going to be kept big secret tonight. That's not on the run sheet. <laughs> Expect a good Raw, it says. 
So, so you know, being a few weeks, you know, uh, you know, reserved from all outs here, you know, yeah. uh, do, you, do you think kind of the buzz is still there, you know, with AEW, you know, coming to TNT just within a few weeks here? Um, I mean, do, do you think it's still there from, you know, crowning of a, a new AEW world champion? I think the aftermath of that match was a little bit more, uh, I, I would say, a little bit of the than, than the match itself. <laughs> um, you know, we could pour a little bit of bubbly on that uh, a in a second bubbly. here. <laughs> but I mean, there there was a ladder match that was intensity. We'll get your th- your your hatred thoughts on that in a second. Um, but you know, we had a pretty good showcase match um, with with you know Kenny Omega and Pac. Is it Pac now? Not Pac. Uh, you know, um, when Daniel the hell America. has it ever been Pac? Like in all the years, <laughs> they've never said Pac, and then he gets here and they call him Pac. It was it was really hard to call. My head was going to explode. I said, "Which one is it?" Overload. Um, you know, from a women's uh, casino battle royal, five at a time. We'll we'll leave the last wild card Joker thing, which we'll talk about. How many women got murdered getting thrown over the top by Nyla Rose? Um, but you know, I I thought overall, which again I asked for your thoughts, but I thought overall this was a pretty good show. Um, I don't think the buzz is there from the show other than what happened to the championship belt afterwards uh, in a limo um, in a steakhouse. But uh, rewatching a few matches uh, before the show, I I thought this would be damn near uh, delivered. Yeah, I I had out of the 10 matches, uh, my show average was 3.3 stars. So not bad. It's over three and a quarter, uh, well over the, the average point. And that's you know it had some it had some highs and had some lows. If I just kind of run down from opener to the to the end, I had a, I had a, I mean the battle royal gave me one and a quarter. It was atrocious. It was so bad. It was it was they need to never do this again because it just this is awful. Like yeah, it, it, did he get Sadie Gibbs and B Priestley shooting on each other because of that incident with Will Osprey? So then there, yeah. B Priestley chucks her out and starts running her mouth at her. And then when B Priestley gets thrown over the top rope, she lands on the apron and then just like gracefully kind of just steps to the floor and is eliminated. Like, how the hell did you not stop that elimination from happening? It was like you got on a bet. I mean, it, it just, just didn't work. Uh, um, Priscilla Kelly probably needs a new hip after getting deadlift chucked. Like, uh, Nyla Rose must have watched Ben K. Yamato and thought she could do that spot. And she did horrifically. <laughs> um, but I mean, seriously, you know, Nyla Rose murderized so many people trying to throw him over the top. Yeah, I, I'll i stand by what I said before. I don't think Extremely she's dangerous at spots. Yeah, I'm, I, she she looked good because she was in there with Yuka Sakazaki and Riho last time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't I don't know, but I mean, I, I had a three star, I had a three star, I had a four and a quarter, I had a four, I had a two, I had a three and a half, a four, four and a half, and a three and three quarters. It was a good show. This was a really good show. Few stars um, were made during this show, and, and I would say three of them, and they were in the same match um, with with the Cracker Barrel Bash Open. Um, I would say, you know, Jimmy Havoc obviously has been a veteran for a while, but you got newbie Darby Allen. You have, you know, the bad boy Joey Janela getting in fights uh, with uh, not only Enzo, but now apparently Big Cass uh, this past weekend at an independent show. Um, I mean, this match to me, 
Kind of like the the Cracker Barrel match at All In last year with uh, Hangman Page and uh, Joey Janela. Possibly could have been the the low key match of the night. Ryan, what did you think of the uh, Cracker Barrel bash? I went I went full four on it. Uh, I thought it was tremendous. The Jimmy Havoc doing the monkey flip to Joey Janela with the chair and he lands awesome. on the chair like sitting down. I've never seen that. Well, if I said, well, I'm chalked that up. And I like the fact that Jimmy Havoc got the victory. Mm-hmm. Like, it was that the right was choice. nice to see. Because I, I thought I thought Janela was pinning Havoc. I thought Havoc was taking the fall. Darby Allen would just look strong and not get pinned, and then they'd have Joey go over. And I was way off. <laughs> I mean, it was the exact opposite. <laughs> um, Darby Allen is a, just a nutcase. When he did that <laughs> coffin drop to Havoc in the chair – God. And then Jimmy Havoc's got thumbtacks taped in his mouth shut. In his mouth. Doesn't, I don't know how he didn't swallow those things. And what's even crazier is he's telling Darby Allen, jump, dive on me as he's taped to a chair uh, with, again, thumbtacks taped, uh, you know, into his mouth there. Just so we, I mean, again, this shows the smartness of, of one Jimmy Havoc. Uh, a, he tells him to, to land on him so he can be free of the chair. So then he could take the tape off of his mouth, spit the tax out, and then two other spots where after Joey Janela goes on a crazy sequence of, you know, uh, essentially hitting, um, you know, not only getting the paper cuts, but, you know, after the monkey flip onto the chair, you know, gets, uh, you know, counters that acid rainmaker uh, from Jimmy Havoc into a brain buster onto the side of the chair. Janela then runs at Allen, who's on the apron. Sunset flips him over the ropes, in, crashing through a table. Then Janela's like, all right, I'm just going to keep going. Does a dive off the top rope on the other side of the ring. Havoc just moves out of the way, but the camera doesn't get it, Ryan. And then you just see Janela dive and hit nobody and just lands <laughs> hard onto the entry wrap. And you're like, holy shit. And then a tray of biscuits gets smashed against his head. And then Janela still continues within the match there. But, I mean, all three guys, Darby Allen doing a coffin drop while holding a barrel to oh his back from God. the top. Where Havoc again. On the is, ring steps. Yeah, on the ring steps where Havoc <laughs> like, is placed on. And again, Havoc using his smarts and intuition moves out of the way as uh, Darby Allen and the, the Cracker Barrel Barrel just explode into a million little pieces. And th- this was one of the matches. Like, I know this is going to be, this is a normal trend, but I'm not going to stop until it's, I don't have to do it anymore. I do not need Jim Ross doing these damn shows. He, all he does is bury the talent. Ah, what kind of fool would jump with a, a barrel in him and try to lay out somebody with a barrel? <laughs> I don't think these these blokes are going to, you know, make it to the over the 50 battle royal. I believe it was like, one of the uh, the comments he made. Yeah. Well, then, like, how many times during the show did he go, how, how long have you been wrestling and not know to put the – Put the momentum of your body to cover the shoulders. They don't know what to do to pin somebody. Like you're burying your freaking. They're selling fatigue by crawling over to put the arm over, and you're yelling at them for not hooking the leg and putting your body on them. And and you know not to, like real quick because it'll get to this point. Uh, Private Party defeat on Helico and Jack Evans. That was the other pre-show match. I went three stars. Not a lot I have to say about it, but I thought it was a fun little match. But, it, I mean, that's kind of just what it was with the pop of crowd. Eddie, do you have any 
thoughts on it? Um, that match, I, I, I went and did something else when I said, I mean, this, this show was like, That's what, fine. 17 days ago. So I, yeah. yeah, I, I wouldn't, cause you couldn't pause it live. You couldn't do any of that. So I just went and did something. So SCU defeats a boy and his dinosaur. Can you tell me how many times Jim Ross doesn't know how to say jungle boy? Jump and jungle Jack. Jungle Jack here. Jungle Jack Perry. Jack Perry. Oh, little Jack Perry. He he changed his gimmick three times on air. (laughs) That's not his name. Why can you not just say Jungle Boy? Jump and Jack. But you know what? (laughs) Maybe because he talks to him, you know, backstage. So I think, you know, as a human, he's not going to call him Jungle Boy. Well, if I talk to Jim Ross and he's out there commentating, I go, well, what a call by the dipshit. Because he sounds like a dipshit. (laughs) Whoa! Sorry, Jared, but um, I I agree. I mean, Tony Schiavone, of course, you know, uh, is now going to be on the uh, the weekly TNT show. Um, apparently, it's going to be him, Jim Ross, and Excalibur, Alex Marvez, oh pushed out. But I liked how Golden Boy was back, uh, who we like from Fire from the Fallen, yeah, um, as well as Fighter Fest. Uh, so he was there calling the all out show here, which I thought he did a tremendous job. I mean, do you, what do you foresee as your, your top commentary crew then with those five gentlemen, you know, mixed in there? Well, I want Excalibur and golden boy, like at least Tony Schiavone will probably try. Like, it just sounds like Jim Ross. Is, like I was talking to somebody and I won't say who, cause I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but they, they go to the wrestling or the, the hall of fame in Waterloo, Iowa every year. And they said these things are just getting longer and longer every year. But near the end of it, Jim Ross is so drunk. He's like making shots at the wrestlers while he's trying to announce the next inductee and is like complaining the whole time. Like, that's what it sounds like on these shows. Like, it's just like, Shivani will put in the work whether he'll be good or not. I just. Which which Shivani do we want? So WCW Shivani that we know, they're like, hey, welcome everybody to, or the Shivani we know from what happened when, the raunchy no. Tony Shivani. I want Excalibur calling play-by-play, and I want Shivani to be the color. And I want him to okay. be happy-go-lucky super baby face, because then it's less from the screw. Like, Excalibur's calling the match, beautiful Tope calling hello from Frankie Kazarian. And Jim Ross, you sure that's what it's called? Like, shut <laughs> up! Like, what if you're so not helping? <laughs> just, uh. Well, thankfully, it didn't uh, distract me from a, a very fun, great opener, a high, fast-paced opener with uh, SCU and the Jurassic Express, of course, Marco Stunts, Luchasaurus, and uh, Jungle Jack Perry, a.k.a. Jungle Boy. Um, uh, again, I thought this was a hell of a way to open your show. Um, a lot of people were scratching their heads, but at the end of the match, we're like, okay, we can go for that. Uh uh, Jurassic Express is a fun little trio. Yes, it doesn't need Marco stunt. I'm all for the the pairing of Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, uh, just for the inevitable, you know, year two years down the road where they break up. I think this team has money all over it. Uh, Jungle Jack Perry uh, is definitely a star. And he proved it again. A man of his stature can do some pretty amazing strong, powerful shit, <laughs> you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and SCU had the respect for that team as, as they showed the gratitude after the match there. SCU. Yeah, it was a fun, fun little match, fun little match. 
Now, the biggest surprise was that the placement of this match, number two, featured showcase attraction, pack, Kenny Omega, hard-hitting, slow, methodical, um, freaking great sequence towards the end there. Uh, pack getting the win by making Kenny Omega essentially just pass the hell out, I, I suppose, you know, after, you know, Omega, you know, was about to get pack, pack, pack into the uh, one-winged angel there uh, after delivering two crazy knees uh, to the face of Pac there, but the brutalizer applied. And again, the ref just called it Omega just out. Um, I love this match. I loved how this was a good wrestling match. They said, hey, you were in Japan. You were in Japan. Let's have a Japanese wrestling match here. And I thought they delivered it quite well. Ryan, what were your thoughts? Yeah, this was probably the second best in that match of the night for me. I would four and a quarter. Um, the one good thing Jim Ross did do was he saved their, their botch on the reverse Frankensteiner. When he's mm-hmm. like, of course they slipped off. Look how sweaty they are. They're working so yeah, hard. Yeah. Like, hey, why can't you do that every time instead of burying the talent? So that made me really happy because like that's, that's what we want. We want you to do those things that you know to help cover things. Um, but as you, as you mentioned that's why this isn't working. God, I'm, I, I'm literally trying to look at, look up something and I'm confused mm-hmm. why the, the link I'm trying to go to doesn't type in. It's because I'm trying to type on my laptop and not my desktop. Good <laughs> God. I, this is so difficult. Um, but, uh, you know, this match was, this was the best Kenny Omega match I've seen since mm-hmm. he left New Japan. Um, you know, in, in Pocky could tell probably still had something wrong with that leg, which it is what it is, but he worked hard. And they did a lot of into the match and, and mm-hmm. into the commentary. Yeah. I mean, th- this was a fantastic match. No, no, no issues whatsoever with this match. Um, I'm glad Pac won. Once again, can I, can I take my victory lap when, when I said that there's that, that they're lying about the Pac thing, it's a visa thing and they're idiots for not just using that. Cause if there was creative <laughs> differences, why would he have came in and beat Kenny Omega? Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, of course, the what? the internet said, "Oh, you know that that was the only reason why he agreed to do this match. Uh, he was probably going to make some sort of run in after the um, you know the match that was advertised with uh, John Moxley and Kenny Omega. Of course, John Moxley getting MRSA, um, you know, a, a week or so before um, All Out. So he was, you know, he had to pull out of that event as well as uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport." But, um, you know, I, I, I think with this, yeah, this was Omega's best-looking um, performance. It seemed like, okay, you know, after a few matches, he's finding his groove. What an opponent to find it with, that's for sure. I mean, Pac, I mean, that 450 to, to Kenny Omega, the moonsault that he did. Hell, Pac even escaped the you-can't-escape spot. I'm pretty sure I'm, I've only seen three people do that uh, before there. But uh, this was just a, a fun ass match now you know the buys have been a little bit lower than um you know than than double or nothing you know than a few of the other shows as well um do you think if it was the advertised moxley kenny omega match ryan that 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 the buy rates would have been a little higher yeah i think not having him definitely hurt it but there was it, it sounds like from bleacher report live that it was a lot of new people and not a lot of repeat so take it for what it's worth i guess um you know, if, if those non-repeats uh, come back when, when Moxley's there, well, then you're going to have a bigger number than you've already had. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I I think it's okay. I, I I would be happy with it. Very good points. And and I man, pack. Uh, I'm going to be saying that from now on, but no, Pac, uh, like you said, was the right person to win this match. Um, he is the bastard after all, and, and the fans let him know it, uh, generating crazy good heat, uh, you know, kind of throughout the match there. So I, I thought this was just a, a top notch, uh, one of the best of the night. Next, uh, we'll, we'll, we, as we already talked about the, uh, the triple threat there, um, Ryan's probably second. Uh, you know, lowest rated match of the night. Uh, the Dark Order defeating uh, mm. best friends, uh, friends of the show, I suppose, Trent Beretta, and of course <laughs> the uh, the the gentleman himself. Um, but uh, you 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 didn't have much about this match, Ryan, when we talked a few days ago. Um, I kind of liked how the Dark Order, you know, was was taking. Um, you know, a lot of the control in the beginning, uh, I, I should just say throughout the whole match here. Um, but, you know, I, I think a lot of people were thinking of the match stipulation. What, the winner of this gets a first round buy in that AEW tag tournament, which again, so first listen, it's just a first round match. Um, <laughs> but besides round, that, 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 that WWE had to have a play in to get into a first-round match each. <laughs> so they probably have had a way more matches yeah. uh, than, so than, than the, uh, the eventual winner. Having a bye. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, they're trying, I suppose. But uh, kind of throw the lowdown. What disappointed you with, uh, with, with these two teams who have a uh, sordid history together? Well, here's the thing. As much as I say the Dark Order just doesn't work and it's not over and, you know, maybe they just need to give up on it. And not, I, I still think they're going to be the champs. And I think that's the wrong move. I think they just need to, you know, the, an AEW crowd is like a bad ECW crowd in the sense that they cheer everything, whereas the ECW fans would cheer everything. <laughs> but, it, but if it sucked, they would let you that's know good. it sucked. AEW yep. fans won't let you know it sucks. They'll just cheer everything anyway. But, like, they don't cheer or boo the Dark Order. They're just kind of like, all right, well. Whatever you want to do, Nick and Matt, it's your tag division. We'll just we'll support you begrudgingly. And do you think they're in awe of uh, you know kind of the theatrics that the Dark Order possess uh, through their entrance and post match? I just think it's just like I love when uh, Evil Uno sits down on all the little demon guys, and Stu Grayson I think is a great worker, but those yes. demon guys are so cheesy. And it's just so I don't know. And this match, I think they both can work tremendously. I think they as a tag team they, they have pretty damn good uh oh. you know move sets with each other. I mean I, I'm not too familiar with their Super Smash Brothers. Take some uh, of my PWG you know, stuff that I have. Like I'll I'll get you some of my PWG stuff and the, the 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 Super Smash Brothers versus the Young Bucks stuff was tremendous. So oh. what? So is it just this transformation that that is you know tarnishing of what you know of them before then? So so what's? I mean, this is like the, the lack work. of crowd reaction that's not reading with you with uh, with the Dark Order. I just like I don't hate it, but I just don't think it's over, and I don't think the crowd cares. This match just for whatever reason just didn't feel like they were getting out of second gear. Like every time they get momentum going, it would just stop. And I'm just kind of like, all right, that was cool. All right. You know, next I, I, I'll be okay if I don't watch this anymore. <laughs> but you I know, mean, and, 
Yep. It, it doesn't help that, that the other shows had really good tag matches. You know, Girls of Destiny, Austin Open was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. And then with with TakeOver, the three-team tag Oh, was that was great. awesome. Oh, so, oh, that was great. You know, I had seen some really good tag wrestling in the same time frame. And it was just like, I don't know. I mean, it was what it was. But. Yes, but you know what? wasn't what it was was the uh the lights go out and it was not for the dark order uh post match uh orange cassidy into the ring there uh <laughs> running this time uh, as was noted on commentary to take out the dark order to i believe uh save tremperetta there um and and of course the okada pan shots with the uh the triple hug with chucky e. t tremperetta and of course <laughs> freshly squeezed orange cassidy the crowd going nuts I think that'll shut down some of the naysayers that were appalled by the signing of Orange Cassidy by AEW, which I think is smart because it's such a awesome character uh, that needs to be seen to believed. Yeah, I like him. And, and like, I get it. If, if it's not your cup of tea, I get it. But there's enough people that really like it, and I think he deserves to have a spot because he is very popular. Oh, yes. Ah, speaking of popularity, the Joshis were showcased next. Uh, we know who the uh, one of the challengers for the AEW Women's Championship, which I believe will be on the first episode, uh, yeah. October 2nd there, um, which uh, Nala Rose, of course, won the 21-person uh, battle royal, which, hey, by the way, Mercedes Martinez, would she make a great addition to this women's roster? Oh, I am was also in the Rumble. came out. I was great. like, oh, damn, Mercedes. Oh, she's out in two minutes. Are you <laughs> kidding me? She got her ish in, though. Come on. Yeah. Uh, but the true. winner of this match uh, between Riho and Hakuro Shida uh, advance to a bye to that. No, I'm kidding. They will, fa- they, they will <laughs> face Bella Rose uh, in that inaugural match here. Um, I thought this was a, a you know, just a great continuation of uh, showcasing the Joshi women. Hakurashida, uh, of course, is going to be your big baby face in this. But Ariho, I think, is a great tweener. And, you know, with her getting the win, uh, surprisingly, I, I would say, um, you know, as, as it did shock the crowd there. But she looked tremendous. She looked like she was there to kick some ass. And, and of course, we get the post-match. Uh, you know, showdown with Nyla Rose there um, was was really cool. You know, as as she was standing on stage there, but you know, the crowd liked this. You know, it, I don't know how I would have put this with the Joshi matches I've seen already, but let's just say I have been uh, glued to the TV each and every time. Ryan, what did you think of Riho getting the win and then now uh, thrust it into the AEW uh, title picture, um, but not against Britt Baker. It makes sense. I I thought Hikaru Shida was the one that they were going to be like really really heavy into, and it it makes sense now that we see um, there's an OWE show coming up that Kenny Omega's working and he's going to tag with Riho uh, against Michael Nakazawa and somebody else. I can't remember who else is in it. So like I get it that Kenny's booking Riho strong, but as for the match, I I was three and a half. I really liked it. I thought they had a little bit of a hiccup at first, and I thought they had a nice hot stretch near the end, and it really, really mm-hmm. saved that match. Um, Hikaru Shida's fantastic, and Riho is somebody that I've gotten so into lately. Um, she works all the non-tournament matches on the Stardom shows um, ah. that I've been getting into, which is tremendous. She's their high-speed champion, which is essentially what you'd think a high-speed title is. It's 
All right, we have 10 <laughs> minutes. Let's just go nuts. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very, very into this. And it was a fun match. It was, it was perfectly placed, too, for the spot that you got two people who went in there after the crowd was kind of dead from the last match and kind of woke everybody up to lead into the big three closing mm-hmm. out the show. Uh, next up, the uh, one of the the final three matches of the night, one of the marquees, Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard in his quarter taking on the American Nightmare, Cody, and the uh, the the Nightmare family, of course, DDP, uh, Andy Rhodes, and MJF, and yes, Pharaoh, uh, were were leading Cody and DDP. On. DDP, yeah, so is that what? Uh, anywho, uh, A, never like right fireworks there, near a dog. B, yeah. DDP, <laughs> again, it's cool, but uh, him and Dusty, I, uh, I suppose. So, yes, that's fine. I would have expected Dustin, but whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought this was a, a pretty damn good match um, just because it was so NWA-ish. You know, which you would expect. It's such an old school type of match. Of course, you get Tully. Uh, you get, you know, uh, Cody picking MJF to, you know, stick with him, you know, uh, ringside. Not DDP uh, or a, a scared dog who just heard a bunch of pyro go off near its <laughs> tiny little ears. Or Brandy Rhodes, which I, I thought was a beautiful playoff. Like, really? Um, but, of course, the tease and the tension of an MJF heel turn, which I'm like, they're not going to do that already, guys. Come on. Um, but I think uh, the best spot of the night here, double uh, A, uh, you know, Arne Anderson kind of walking to the ring here, hitting the, uh, of course, hitting the, the spine buster there um, was was tremendous. Uh, you know, the crowd popped, I popped, Twitter popped uh, as it should um, which I thought was pretty damn cool. And, and, of course, Cody getting the win, which I thought was a little surprising since I would think yeah. you would want Sean Spears to pick up the win. Because, uh, Ryan, does this essentially bury Sean Spears with him losing their match? And, B, was uh, Cody a few shows back throwing uh, that sledgehammer against the throne? Uh, pretty much not saying, we're here to take you over, Triple H. But basically, Cody's saying, I'm becoming you, Triple H. The, the the thing that confused me hard at first was Spears not winning the match to keep the feud going. But I guess that full gear, which is the title of their next pay-per-view, uh, Cody's facing Jericho for the title. So I, I guess you really can't have him lose and then go for the strap. So I, I get it. But then you could um, have just did another wrestler, insert wrestler here. Yeah, you could have saved it. I mean, I, I get it. Look, like as much as I've said Cody Rhodes isn't the greatest worker, he's you could argue he's the biggest star in this company. And which sucks <laughs> because it's the you know, one of the promoters, so now you're you're stepping into those uncharted waters. But every like his matches aren't the best technically wrestled matches, but they're so fun. Like I went four stars on this match and, and it wasn't an amazing wrestling match. Because he's a storyteller. Again, it's the throwback to a wrestling style that has been lost. He's yep. given time. He's not given five, eight, ten minutes of regular TV time. You know, it's a slow building match into, okay, 
what outside interference is going to come, you know, out of this side or what's going to happen out of that side. Who's going to get busted open here? You know, it's a little bit of that, you know, aspect where he, you know, he utilizes that. And, I, you know, I think the wrestling fans are, are finding that niche, you know, you know, it could be from the network. It could be from, you know, the time where they were, you know, talking about the, you know, the uh, NWA championship, you know, the, the 10 pounds of gold, you know, even, you know, that nostalgia mm-hmm. factor, I think, is a big thing. Um, and, yeah, Cody, I mean, the guy had the Sears Center, you know, uh, I would love to hear the noiseometer during the Sears Center when Cody came out. And even post match because the crowd just went nuts. Well, and like Tully Blanchard was incredible in this match. He was such a perfect addition. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Spears felt like a superstar in that entrance where he was oh, sitting on God the chair yes. and that the video played. He walks down the ramp. He stops. Tully comes down, whispers some stuff into his ear massages his shoulders, takes his headpiece off, and he walks to the ring with the contacts in. He mm-hmm. looks like a superstar. And that's something WWE can never say they did. You know, and they did it in one evening. You know, it, it's amazing how much you just, you know, Nick Aldis looks like a star because mm-hmm. he's fantastic in a suit and he plays that professional role. And that's what they did with Sean Spears the whole time. It's, um, it, it's exactly what um, when I showed you Shotaro Ashino on that music video, we're like, damn, look at that dude rocking a suit. This guy is the champ, isn't he? <laughs> you can make that mystique if you rock it and look the part that perfect. And he did. You know, he looked to that part. I think, I, so I don't think it hurt him with that. Um, as for the Triple H thing with, with Cody, I mean, time will, time will tell with what happens and how that goes. I mean, that's that's an interesting take. But I don't know, man. This was just, it was good. This was really good. They they made the most of everything they had. And the subtle thing with MJF picking up the chair, but then setting it back down and not using it was so good. And they did it subtly enough that I bet you there's people that didn't even notice it. Like, it was perfect. So, I just, I, I know he's going to turn... Maybe the turn happens at the pay-per-view against Jericho. But they're doing such a fantastic job just building up to a future MJF Cody thing. And and I think it's just going to continue to make MJF a bigger star because everybody that, that is all for Cody is, is going to get more and more upset when, when MJF it's gonna actually... going to get a good Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Oh, man. Speaking of fantastic, I think we're going to go full 50-50 here on this next match. Uh, Lucha Brothers, a Young Bucks ladder match, Triple A Tag Team Championship. Yes, it was easy Escalera to conclude. Escalera de la muerte. Better Spanish than me, sir. Um, <laughs> it was an obvious choice on who was going to win uh, the Triple A Tag Team Championship since, of course, there are, are no AEW champions yet, but uh, tag champions, that is. Um, but my God, the insanity of this match, the spots, countless spots, whether it's on a ladder, through tables, uh, taking spots from WrestleMania 17, what have you. Um, this was just a, a, a car crash blunder that, that I had an enjoyable time with. Like you said, if you've seen one, you know, match with these guys, you've seen them all, but I've seen some pretty 
interesting, you know, kind of things into this match here. How the crossface sharpshooter combo by the Bucks on uh, on Pentagon, while the bottom of the ladder was crushing his larynx <laughs> was pretty damn tight. Um, you know, again that WrestleMania 17 spot where Pentagon tosses the ladder, um, you know, and, and and then essentially pushes him where Matt, uh, no, Nick goes and crashes through the tables. Nostalgia. Hell, we saw Pentagon's mask get ripped off and the crowd going, you know, a brush. Oh, ish. This just happened. What's going on? You know, and then seeing Pentagon's fresh haircuts, you know, as he's holding his face like, whoa, that guy has hair. Um, So, you know, Phoenix (laughs) doing outlandishly crazy stuff. Uh, but I thought all four guys just went, <laughs> I mean, all out, uh, no pun intended. And, and I thought delivered a, a masterpiece in uh, in chaos and, and with some good wrestling, you know, along the way. Super kicks of galore, package pile, you know, drivers galore. It's, it's what you expect there. Um, but the crowd was hot for it. I was hot for it. Hell of a match. Uh, and then, of course, what happened after, I'm sure at least was one part of uh uh, of this about that you appreciated. I had been waiting for them to show up in that company since the rumors came out that they were going to leave AEW or I mean uh, Impact. So I was I was thank because y- y- if you look at the the first uh, show on the second, it's the Young Bucks and Kenny against Jericho and two mystery partners. It's got to mm-hmm. be LAX, right? I think so. I. I... That that was again the big rumor that ooh will it be and I think it was going to be and it probably still can but do you think they should have saved that surprise for TV or is it something or is it good that they did that at all out to kind of get that big ooh moment leading well, into that can, tag match? I think they can still kind of get the big ooh if they just leave them as a mystery and you don't announce who it is before the show because then you're still going to go. Well, is it LAX or do we not know for sure? And so there's still going to be that. Oh, I wonder who the mystery partners are going to be. So I think you're like it's. Fair, I, I think fair. it took a little bit away from it, but I think you'll still have the intrigue as long as you don't announce beforehand. Breaking news: LAX will be the partners. Then it's like, ah, oh, shucks, ruined it. <laughs> but <laughs> Alex, this was my match of the night. I went four and a half on it. I whoa! Like, like I said to you, the the. These guys are so good at what they do and so perfect at this kind of a match that it just seems effortless. Like, and there's no yes. there's nothing bad ever had. Like, they barely had a slight botch at one point, and that was it. It's it just, it's one of those things where yes, it was fantastic. I, I loved every minute of it. It was, it kept my attention. I just, I couldn't go any higher because I didn't have any investment in the two in the two. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. care who won or lost. So that's just Which, kind of I mean, the only it, thing it's that fine because again we we kind of knew what was going you know what yeah. the match outcome was probably going to be at a high percentage level. But dude, when you're seeing Pentagon doing a sling blade from one side of the ladder <laughs> to the other to to take down Matt Jackson, it's insane. When you uh, Pentagon, I'm sorry, was the MVP of this match. Pentagon Mexican Sunset Flip Destroyer from the top of the ladder crashing through a table. Like, these guys were just, he was taking it, he was, you know, and and giving it as well, and it was just amazing, the zero fear, the Phoenix stomping on, you know, uh, Matt's back, and then, of course, the package pile driver onto that ladder by Pentagon, one of the stiffest things where I was like, oh, Matt Jackson is dead. Like, <laughs> the, the, 
the you know Nick falling off the ladder onto the tables. I was like, eh, yeah, he jumped. I get it. You know, break your fall. No, Matt Jackson. I'm sure. I'm surprised he didn't die from that spot. But uh, Lucha Brothers again climbing gingerly. LAX. I mean, is this the best tag team division uh, in in all of professional wrestling right now, Ryan? AEW. Yeah, I think so. I mean, New Japan's isn't isn't great. Uh, WWE's is. I mean, it is what it is. Um, what about all Japan? Japan? Yeah, I mean, I like, I like what they're doing with some of the stuff. But even, even um, Bodyguard isn't tagging with Zeus anymore. It is where OG side, but Bodyguard was on the last, um, the Big Japan show, the Death, the Death Vegas show, show that mm-hmm. happened uh, yesterday, and Bodyguard tagged with Daisuke Sakamoto on that show. Whoa! Which I was like, holy crap, that's some beef in that ring. I love how he um, leaves one muscle for another. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I think all all he has to have the nod on that right now. I mean, LAX. You got the Lucha Bros. You got the Bucks. You got best friends. You have Dark Order for better or worse. You got you know uh, you know Jungle yeah. Boy and Luchasaurus. I mean, you have SCU. You have you know Shima T Hawk T Hawk Lindemann. I mean. That's just even uh, private party. Yeah. I mean, you you got Anahelico, Jack Evans. I mean, I just named eight teams, and I could probably name maybe four more. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. It is a really good division. Really good division. <laughs> now, is that going to be too much, though? Is that going to saturate tag team wrestling for this company, then? No, because it's, it's one of those things where you have enough good talent that you can do multiple things with it. And so plus they don't want to keep... be on TV all every week, like they say. You know, not everyone's going to be on every week. Well, and you get to keep a lot of things fresh this way too. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have eight, nine tag teams that are all good enough to be your number one, you're always going to have some fun matchups. Like I, I, I don't even know when this is going to happen, but I'm really excited to watch Angelico and Evans take on the Young Bucks. I think that <laughs> might be tremendous. <laughs> And I'm like, Jack Evans is land on his head, like in that yeah, well, yeah. Let's hope he doesn't do that King of Gate from 2001 or whatever that was that we saw. Like, <laughs> Black Liger. <laughs> um, Chris Jericho, pretty obvious that this was the outcome. Defeats Adam Page. He is your first ever AEW champion. I think that's a smart move, Alex, to have uh, Jericho win just because the notoriety of it and and. Mm-hmm. It's it's a solid guy going into TNT with it. Fun match. I was a little disappointed that they didn't use the leg. They they spent so much time <laughs> hyping Adam Page's knee as the problem that could hurt him. And up aside from him doing that moonsault to the floor, they, there was nothing uh, leg work wise. So oh, I thought that even... issue was taken care of two months ago. Yeah, well, I mean, he still had his leg injury at the last show when Jericho attacked him. After it took him 20 minutes to beat Kip Sabian, <laughs> Kip like, Sabian. like that, that's so that was my only like like slight was I didn't have any confidence that Adam Page could beat Chris Jericho in that standpoint because they just didn't book they didn't book Page well going into this match you know and he just didn't <laughs> feel credible because of it. Um, I will say Chris Jericho has established the Judas effect as a legit yes. finish. And that was it an was awesome. So damn perfect on that counter to the clothesline. Oh, it was so good. So I'm all all for uh, him doing the Judas effect. 
And, and I mean, for the most part, this was still a really good match. This, they did exactly what they needed to do. They didn't need to go over the top. They just needed to establish the new champion. They had to make him look good in the victory, and he did it right. I, like I said, three and three quarters, perfectly fine main event, and I was happy with it. Yes, I, I thought this match, you know, made Adam Page look good. You know, stands the, the leg issue or lack thereof. But, you know, again, I thought time healed that. So I wasn't really looking into that spot a la Matt Jackson's back, uh, uh, a la 2017, maybe, where that was a whole year-long storyline injury. But, um, no, I, I thought this was a perfectly good match. Again, probably one of the better matches that Jericho has wrestled um, so far since in AEW which has been two, but still, you know, the, the, the best out of the two here. And yes, he wrestled Kenny Omega the last time. Um, but no, I thought this was a, a match that, that showcased Adam Page. Hell, they brought him out on a horse. A horse, which no. he stated on one of the uh, being the Elite shows there. Um, so I thought that was pretty rad that they did that. And yes, he got off. And I swear, yes, it was a play punch, but he punched that horse a la Mongo from uh, Blazing Saddles there, so that was pretty damn cool. Never um, mind that shit. That comes Mongo. <laughs> so, no, I, you know, Jericho looked great. The, this was the first time, again, the Judas effect, I thought, looked uh, pretty damn awesome. Um, but apparently what looks awesome, Ryan, is this AEW championship belt. Um, you know, Saturday night, uh, you know, he, he wins the belt, goes to a, you know, Longhorn, you know, steakhouse out in Tallahassee, Florida, you know, via limo, you know, a little tipsy off of the bubbly there. And, uh, you know, someone steals the belt. And then the police find it, you know, some, you know, thrown off the road. Jericho gets the belt back, is selling crazy T-shirts, creating thousands upon thousands of memes. <laughs> a um, little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> Chris Jericho, I mean, he is truly the GOAT, not only for in the ring, his championship accomplishments, but what how he can adapt and, and what he's doing with social media and making it, you know, his bitch essentially. Um, so kudos <laughs> to Jericho. And this brings credibility even more now to AEW since that's what's being talked about. Right, Ryan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I have a feeling that they put it on top of the limo and then just drove off and forgot it was up there. <laughs> like, that's my theory behind this. <laughs> just, they just set it up there and they just forgot and there's such carnies and such workers that they were like, hmm, what if we turn it into a storyline? And and then they did, and it got over. And then he made – I mean, it's the highest – it's the fastest-selling shirt in pro wrestling tees history. When I read the you police know. report the morning it dropped, I was so confused. Like, what? This is fake, right? Like, I, th- I thought I was reading The Onion Wrestling Edition or, or you know, <laughs> something like that there. It was all legit, folks. It was great, and Jericho and AEW was getting prosperous because of it. Uh, you know, as we stated, AEW TNT Wednesday nights uh, coming here pretty uh, pretty soon here within a couple of weeks. Uh, how is this as a setup uh, for the new weekly episodic wrestling drama on Wednesday nights? I'll be fine. Like I said, I don't think they're going to beat NXT in the ratings, but I don't think anyone's expecting them to. As long as they just really. Yeah, I don't I would think expect so. Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Cody getting pops like it's nothing. Like we just said, establishing a tag team, you know, uh, you know, system here that's going to dominate. Joshi's taking care of the cruiserweight solution from 205 Live. Chris Jericho, again, you know, they're, they're young bucks. They're not going to overtake the ratings. I would think it'd be a huge disappointment. 
I if if they get over a million views a week, that I think that's a success. Wow. I would have thought three would have been a maybe two would have been a failure. I think three but, is what they're aiming for. Well, well I mean, because WWE barely hits barely gets over two at this point now. Yeah, but you get the excitement of a new product. I expect those week one numbers to be like gangbusters. Let's let's see here. Let's let's look at TNTdrama.com. But then again, you have Cody versus Sammy Guevara, which we love Sammy. No offense to Sammy Guevara. Hell, he could technically, as Cody said, if Sammy beats him, he could be uh, slid into the title match at full gear or uh, whatever they're calling it. Um, uh, Anyways, uh, full gear. Yeah, yeah. I was was thinking of another name, but they've only had two events. So I really can't do the uh, roadblock aspect there, but... uh, um, you know, if Sammy Guevara's entered into that picture, yeah, it's exciting. But what? Maybe only a handful of people know who this gentleman is. Um, I'm so trying to see if I can find out what average T- TNT TV show ratings. Let's see here. So, let's see. Da, 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 da. So, the highest rated shows on uh, TNT here at update listing all the recent current primetime scripted shows. So Animal Kingdom um, does an average of a 1.214. The Last Ship does a 1.213. I Am the Night did a 1.075, and Claws did a 0.815. So I'm I think if you draw, so the season seven finale of Rizzoli and Isles is that on TNT or is that USA? That's TNT. That's a, a long time ago. That was like yeah, years ago. A, so that that's at a four point two. And that was like their biggest one. The transporter show Trans- got, that got canceled did a point nine. So I mean they're not doing crazy ratings on this network. So I mean their their network their ratings come with the NBA. Yeah. So if, oh, correct. Yeah. If if they do a one point three week one, that's the most watched show they've had. Like I think that's a a win. Seems like so low, so low of a number. It'll be interesting what NXT does. I mean, what what if that overtakes with the excitement? You know, this Wednesday, um, you know, a Raw or SmackDown rating. What do you, do you think? Then Vince might then get more involved. You know, storyline wise, even though Triple H says, "Hey, reassures um, us." Let's see here. Um, September 10th, here we go September 10th, Monday Night Raw Did a 2.13 Wow That's higher than I usually normally hear That's the lowest uh, Second lowest modern era market history For a non-holiday show The the 10 o'clock hour The, the big main go-home hour Did a 1.85 Hmm so, I mean, like, it's not like in the days when they're doing a six and a four on Nitro and Raw and things, you know? Um, mm-hmm. what, let, me, let me see. What, let me find SmackDown. SmackDown Live ratings 2019. Um, the September, uh, The Undertaker SmackDown that just happened from Madison Square Garden um, did a 2.06. So Not very good. Uh, the September third at a two point one three. So I don't know. I just 
I think if you if you pull off a, a one, you know, like a, a over a one, I think it's a success, especially the first mm-hmm. time you've ever done it. I don't know. I'm, I'm I know ratings is is really not the biggest thing. It's all about the advertising, you know, dollars and everything. You know, as Conrad Thompson said, it's just something of a number that we all, you know, think it's a big thing in reality. It is and it isn't, but I, I, I expect, like I said, these numbers to be like gangbusters. You kind yeah. of going through here. Uh, speaking of NXT, uh, NXT UK, the takeover Cardiff uh, happened the same day as All Out back on August 31st. There, sorry, I was reading some of the conference call notes from Triple H and NXT here, um, which he's reassuring guys. Vince will will have nothing to do with it there, and uh, you know it's kind of throwing some shade at those longer wrestling shows as well, saying yeah, takeover specials aren't going to be any longer, so don't worry. Um, which I thought this show had a pretty good pace. Yes, Ryan, I did not watch the the first match of the card, but you would be surprised that I did uh, end up catching the rest of it uh, starting at 5 a.m. this morning. So, what did you think of the opener? With uh, Noam Dar and uh, uh, the gentleman he faced. <laughs> Travis Banks. Um, there we I, go. Tra- oh, and I like Travis Banks. Damn it. I went three stars on it, and I think I overvalued it because it was the opener, because I don't remember anything about it. I just remember Travis Banks botching the, his uh, sp- uh, spring kick off the guardrail. Um, I have Dar via three question marks for the finish. So they must have had just a perfectly acceptable match that I just liked. Uh, but I couldn't tell anything about it. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, real, real quick, I just wanted to point this out, too, because we're talking about UK here. Uh, yesterday, Progress ran Alexander Palace. Did you see the card for Progress 95? I have not, no. Um, it was two, four, seven matches. Oh, there's a dark match, so I won't count that one. So, opening match, Grizzled Young Veterans defend the titles against Aussie Open and also Jordan Devlin and Scotty Davis in a three-way. Then second match of the night, which this guy has gotten huge praise since his match in Riptide against Pac, Cara Noir took on Pete Dunne. Wow. Uh, Then Mustache Mountain taking on the Limitless Bros, as we saw Trent Seven and Tyler Bate versus Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. Whew, big strong boys indeed. Uh, Progress women's title match: Jordan Grace defending against Miko Satamura. Wow, uh, that's gonna then, be a banger. <laughs> Progress Proteus title rumble. This was a giant rumble for a, a vacant title. I'll just go through some of the Proteus title. Didn't they get rid I have of no that idea. Other title? The Atlas title. Yeah, maybe they did. So this is this just a, a new Atlas title? Might be. Uh, Charlie Evans, uh, Chief Deputy Dunn, Chris Brooks is in it, uh, Chuck Mambo, uh, Dan Malloy's in it, Danny Duggan, Winnipeg, in it, uh, Eddie Kingston was in it, uh, Ilya Dragunov, Jonathan Gresham, Los Federales Santos Jr., Sessions nice. Los Martino was in it, Mike Bailey, Millie McKenzie, Paul Robinson, Sed Scala, uh, Spike Trevay, Sugar Duggerton. Uh, the OGMO, TK Cooper, Travis Banks, William Ever, and the notorious vacant was in it. And then your I main really event. Hope, I really oh, yeah. hope everyone in that rumble was in the ring the same time as the uh, the the FB uh, the Federales were there, just due to the fact that I really want to see a twenty person standoff 
with finger well, guns. Yeah, I mean, also uh, Chakara, uh, Chris Roberts, Connor Mills, Donnie Luna, Frazier Thomas, Gene Money. Um, who else? Did Gene I mean? Money. Yeah, so there's there's other people in this match too. So maybe we got a bigger one. But uh, no, your main no, event, Progress Unified World Title Three Way: Valter defending against David Starr and Eddie Dennis. Eddie Dennis, how, I thought he was done with Progress. I thought I this was a whole, I thought he was hurt. And my other thing was, is this him cashing in from Wembley last year? Maybe. And then David Starr winning the Super Sixteen. Yeah, interesting. So. Yeah, we, we've kind of fell out of the loop of progress because we've just been, you know, watching so much other stuff. And I think a lot of frustration with progress semi-selling out, you could say, and the UK no. scene changing. But this show, Everyone man, this show. Come on. Well, and like that one show we watched, it was like a completely different product. And I think that kind true, of too. True. But man, this is this feels like the progress we fell in love with. So I'm going to have to check mm-hmm. that out. But speaking of checkout, man, second match of the night, Cesaro defeats Ilya Dragunov for the yes. neutralizer. Awesome Why surprise. is it that Cesaro looked like a main event superstar and the WWE cannot do the same thing? Because the crowd like, was so intensely hot for both of these guys, for Cesaro and Ilya Dragunov, to just deliver elbow and uppercut to each other, which they did. But the Didn't, fire was there. That's the other thing, the intensity. We could even say, I don't know, maybe the talent, his opponent, was such a good drive for Cesaro to be like, hey, I want to face Dr- Ilya Dragunov, for God's sakes. Well, and Cesaro felt like a menace with the way he just destroyed Dragunov through most of the match. Like, mm-hmm. that's my problem that I have in the WWE stuff, is he looks like a cartoon character half the time up there. If well, the they did this... If he worked like this on Raw or SmackDown, you could make him a credible star. Yeah. He was, and, and Dragunov is tremendous in that role of of taking the bumps for the guy. This match rocked. I mean, this match was so good. It was a great match on a the element of surprise, even though we knew Cesaro was going to be at, at UK, but the aspect of Ilya Dragunov to come out. And then for me, Ryan, so I, I want to say thank you, for me to say, holy bleep, this is a match I didn't know I wanted <laughs> to see until now, and I'm going to buckle in. And boy, was I delivered a, a nice TV-style match, but just given time to do actual wrestling holds and submission holds. And, and like I said, Cesaro to do a pop-up, you know, uppercut, you know, into a neutralizer right away. An awesome finish where I was like, they got to put Dragunov over, right? You know, Ilya's going to get the win. He's going to be tight. He's hitting sentons. You know, he's got his contacts in. You know, he's hitting that DVD in the in the corner, a la Hiromu. And then, no, just Cesaro getting that fire, you know. Again, a new start where I think NXT could help a lot of those stalemate wrestlers onto the main roster. That's now getting their time taken away from Eric Rowan. No offense. <laughs> uh, then... Probably second favorite match of the night on my end. We see Flashmore and Webster and Mark Andrews defeat the Grizzled Young Veterans and Gallus to become the new champions. I went four and a quarter on this this rematch. Without one of these teams, without Gallus, I cannot wait for this freaking rematch. That was going to be my question: was if they would have just took Gallus out and got rid of Mark Coffey and Wolfgang or whatever, 
it would it would have been fantastic. It was awesome too. Zach Gibson going for the cover. Uh, Mandrews does a shooting star press. Flash Morgan Webster rolls him up with it. Great match. The underdogs won in a very convincing way where you can easily build to a rematch for the Grizzled Young Vets. Uh, this was great. This was fantastic. And, and, and I think it helped too. It was better than I was. Ex- I wasn't expecting it to be this good. Agreed. Agreed. And Gallus, you know, they served their heavy parts, you know, maybe for, I don't know, a a, uh, a 14th of the match, you know, the whole match. <laughs> this was all GYD. And, you know, the, the, the mod Skas or whatever you want to call them, Ska Mod, maybe we, we can talk, we can call Mark Andrews and, and Flashboard and Webster <laughs> here. Because, um, you know, Mark Andrews was essentially me at Lollapalooza this year. Guy with the beer saying, yeah, rocking out to like old ass music. And I'm like, oh, God, that's me. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> funny thing, though, the UK, Ryan, I believe this is the third time um, that I've witnessed this, you know, Mustache Mountain, Mountain winning the NXT championships in their hometown in England there uh, at the first takeover earlier this year. I want to say, or it was one of the takeover specials that probably, or NXT specials that wasn't a takeover. Anywho, um, they won in their home country, and the Welsh team again of uh, of Mark Andrews and uh, Gordon Webster here winning the titles in their hometown, where again Cedric Alexander gets buried in 28 seconds uh, <laughs> in his hometown. So uh, UK doing things a little differently when it comes to. Uh, hometown uh, wrestlers here and and this was just a a fun cluster of a match cluster not in a bad way just because meaning there was just hella flips and a hella beatdowns uh by the grizzled young vets um james drake man whoo what i thought the young veterans uh you know drake and zach gibson reminded me of what the klecker brothers should be as a as a tag team Brian is definitely Zach Gibson. And then, you know, of course, younger Klecker is the James Drake, the guy that throws body around, the guy to lift and do some crazy ish. And I was like, wow, this team is just phenomenal. And that's why I've liked them since we started watching progress last year. Uh, you know, kind of the tag team of, of the Welsh brothers, I guess could be the other name of, of Webster and Andrews. I thought was fun. Mark Andrews. I was happy. Wasn't injured. For the first time, you know, that I see him in a wrestling <laughs> ring, so he was able to, you know, kind of run around and do his stuff there. And, uh, yeah, this was just an awesome match. One where I was going to pass, but I was like, hey, no, I like four of these guys. I'm going give, gonna to give it a shot. Glad I did. Uh, second best match of the night for sure. I never in a million years would have thought Flash Morgan Webster would have a title in the WWE in, the, in their <laughs> umbrella. Like, it blows my mind. Um. Next up, I went three stars on this just because at least they had effort, but it wasn't that it wasn't amazing, but it was it had its moments. Uh, Joe Coffey with his box kick defeats Dan Mastiff. Dave Mastiff. Joe Coffey though is just oh, he's frustrating, man. He's just not that great. When he did that stupid jump off the middle rope when he couldn't get up there and botched, yeah. that was the thing I was talking about. That was like the Pete Dunn one. It's bad when but, your ceiling's right in the beginning when your uh, when your ropes break. Just by no, getting through. I, I thought that was cool. It like, was very I, cool. I, I think that was planned and that was good. Oh, totally. But again, um, that's bad when that's your high ceiling for the matches right away. And you're like, whoa, that's cool. And Mastiff's ring gear, of course. And I mean, they worked hard, but it just it was kind of like Darren Banks. Like it was good enough where it was a, it was better than just an average, but it didn't do anything uh, to really climb out of that. Like. 
I wasn't mad I watched it, but I would never go back and watch it. Type My thing. problem with the coffees, with the Gallus's, with the Dave Mastis of this UK brand is it's just like I'm watching the fellowship you know, of the ring on my TV and I couldn't tell you who's who because the HDR is so good. And I'm like, who's that guy? Isn't that the same guy? So uh, to me, I'm already just drawn out and I'm like, next. Which, <laughs> welcome, King of Knox. Uh, yeah, speaking of next, Kaylee Ray with the gory bomb defeats Tony Storm. I went two and three quarters. This is not that good. Um, <laughs> wow. Like, and I'm, it was another gracious... Because when they did stuff, it was it was like effective. Like Tony Storm's really good, Kaylee Ray's really good, but it just didn't click. Mm-hmm. Every time they would get something going, it would just halt into a weird stop. They had some cool bumps, but I mean, this was the worst match these two have had with each other I, ever. Mm. Surprise finish, do you think, with Kaylee Ray uh, getting uh, the the win here and the new uh, NXT UK Women's Champ? No, because I, I suspect Tony Storm to just go straight to NXT a la Pete Dunne. So Dunne's now considered Yeesh. NXT and not UK. <laughs> but he's in progress? What? Um, my other aspect to you is uh, I'm just going to ask you this question. For a human being, does Tony Storm have the worst crying face in the history of human yes, beings? Yes, it's annoying. Like, I, I, this is going to be the worst thing I can ever say as a human, ba- a human being, but she has one of those faces that you just want to punch. <laughs> and wow. I don't condone punching women, but it just, like, so, like you wow. see some of those guys, you're like, God, I wish I could just punch that guy in the face. When Tony Storm so makes that face, I'm just like, I think I just punch her right in the face, right in the kiss her, pow. Whoa, whoa. Uh, Ralph crammed him here, uh, but anyway, <laughs> the match of the year, in my opinion, the main event, uh, Tyler Bates uh, from the rematch of Progress uh, 76, Hello Wembley last year um, at Wembley Stadium, Tyler Bates uh, trying to recapture, yes, since he was the first WWE UK heavyweight champion against a vaulter um, in a marathon of a match Match of the year, Ryan. I know you probably didn't like this as much as Wembley. I know this was probably your sixth favorite match or probably highest rated match of the weekend. Um, but man, they told a damn story to this American audience watching Tyler Bate on the network, not only just mustache mountaining with Trent Seven, uh, but it made Walter look awesome. It made Tyler Bate look awesome. I think they had, they put these two guys on a pedestal that A, the future of the company is definitely Tyler Bray, whether it's NXT, uh, UK main roster or whatnot. This guy is the future of wrestling, but Walter is the now. He's your Brock Lesnar substitute. Uh, the emotions on his face when he couldn't take Tyler Bate out. I have way too many notes for this match, Ryan. I'm sure I'll get into him when you talk because that's what I do. But, of course, I'm kidding when it's a match of the year, but this is damn up there. Uh, a fine, uh, you know next chapter, if you will, in Walter and Tyler Bates, uh, and I can't wait for the next one. Oh, yeah. I, I went four and three quarters. This was my second favorite match of the whole weekend. Um, I I like Hello Wembley, yes, more, because that was the first one. It's just kind of like how I always liked Okada Omega from Wrestle Kingdom over Dominion. Um, this was so fantastic. I just, I don't it felt good because this is the same thing as Kenny Omega, where I said this was the best Kenny Omega match in all elite wrestling. 
this was the best Walter match since he's been into this umbrella because Walter oh, totally. to me just hasn't felt like Walter. I, I, I mean, he's, they, they have him talking too much. I don't know why he's always cutting promos. Like you have, a, <laughs> it's weird to have, hear him talk, isn't it? It's so yeah, subtly it like it's like if you hear Michael Myers just random like, oh, by the yeah. way, I'm coming after you at six forty-five tomorrow night. Well, like, and and I understand they're trying to recreate Ring Comp with with the stable, but if you're gonna do that, let Marcel Bartel yeah, talk. You, you you don't need you don't need Walter talking. Um, I was very happy that it wasn't all the run-ins like they've been doing on on the NXT UK show where. Yeah. They're just making Walter not be Walter. But this felt like it. I mean, four and three quarters. This was one of the best matches I've seen all year, like you said. Um, you know, this is this is as close to make. This is like when you get rid of all the five-star matches for your top ten match of the year. Like, this is like the first or second one that goes in that didn't get a five. You know, that's how, I mean, this yeah. was that good. And it went like forty some minutes, forty five. It minutes. went a long ass time, and I'm happy they 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 were given that time. Um, yeah, please, guys, watch definitely watch this match um, from the UK uh, card of this and the tag match for sure were, were some of the best, the best ones of this card. Of course, shout out, uh, shout out to Cesaro and and Ilya Dragunov, but Walter Man again, whoo. When he power bombs Tyler Bates after Tyler Bates, I don't know how he's walking. He's doing his best Matt Jackson, you know, Wrestle Kingdom uh, 11, you know, injury uh, impression there. And and when Tyler Bates kicks out of that power bomb at one, oh, God. after taking his second reverse clutch slam, the first one Tyler Bates takes, it's the apron, the outside apron, by the way. You're just like, holy ish. How is this going to happen? And Tyler Bate, you know, just taking the loss by a running Galeria because you're like, yeah, that would take anybody out after taking the beating he did. This was just a, a match that, that executed the psychology well, that David Goliath, the big, strong boy, though, was present. And, uh, I mean, when he body slams Walter, like, you know, it's Andre the Giant, you know, early on in the match and the crowd erupts, that's just freaking awesome. When you could do a big, strong boy bridge you know, out of the pin there, you know, it's it's pretty damn awesome. And and these two guys, like I said, the 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 future, the now. I mean, if they want to go hard with this, uh, again, I'm not too familiar with Marcel Bartho and the Horincom thing, but I mean, Imperium definitely is this faction where you're just like, huh, this could be something great. Uh, not only with UK but NXT, you know, down the line. Yeah, it was it 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 was nice to have Walter back as Walter. Like even his yes. match with Pete Dunn at the takeover, I wasn't as big of a fan of because it just didn't feel like him. It didn't feel it like superior. It didn't feel like yeah. any of them in that match, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And, and for Tyler Bray to finally break the fingers of Walter while on the top rope there, you know, was was pretty damn damn awesome. Uh but Walter nailing that earthquake earthquake splash. Oh, work of art. Work of art. Um Overall, two NXT takeover, uh, NXT UK takeover events, Ryan. Um, I mean, we're in pretty good hands, right? With Progress Junior. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm, I'm confident. <laughs> You're confident. Something we're not <laughs> confident in. Uh, WWE's main shows, uh, as we get into more current wrestling show uh, results here. Clash of Champions, of course, was last night. And uh, as usual, Ryan did watch the 
pre-show matches because he went over them a little while ago as well. With uh, who is it? Uh, Grandma Talish retaining the uh, 205 championship uh, and a Drew course. Gulak, the torture machine. <laughs> Defeats, uh, defeats Humberto Carrillo and Lindsay Dorado in the opening match. Dorado's then, got a tight mask. And then AJ Styles squashes Cedric Alexander. That was Man. not. Why did yeah, they do that? I don't know because they don't know what they're doing. I, I my so <laughs> the, the show the average was a two point eight eight, so it was under a three. I mean, like. I mean, we we can run through it. Uh, I don't. I have a couple things to say at a couple of these matches, but I'll kind of turn it over to you, and then we can move on because I really just. I, I mean, of course, the the two combatants in the main event, Seth Rollins, uh, now, being challenged. Wait, let me Ron ask you one real quick. Let me ask you one yep. thing real quick. I had this bit I wanted to do, and I just don't. I don't have the energy I think to do it right now. Um, <laughs> so. Maybe for Hell in a Cell, we could try this and see what happens. But I wanted to review this show as, like, people who think this is real. And, like, just try to listen <laughs> to how over-the-top this stuff is. Like, I was in, I'm watching this last night, and I wanted to get on here and be like, all right, we, we get Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman, the friends who are going to wrestle for the Undisputed Championship in the main event. How are they going to be able to coexist and work together? And if there's anything wrong, are they going to hold it against each other? Um, Ziggler and Rude put together so they're not able to put a lot of strategy behind it. Uh, Strowman just accidentally hits Rude so hard that he bumps (laughs) Rollins. Uh, Ziggler gets Strowman using his own momentum to throw him out of the ring. I really thought Braun was going to be able to hold on and come in and make the save. Robert Roode is so dastardly and sneaky, he managed to grab Seth Rollins at the glorious DDT um, to get the victory for new champions. And I felt really bad when Strowman was disappointed and he stormed out of the ring, shaking his head at the at the architect and the beast slayer himself, Seth Rollins. Um, I hope they can still be friends in the long run, but I know now there's more animosity in the match that we're going to get later this night. <laughs> like, I really wanted to do that on every one of these matches. And then by the by the end of Becky Charlotte, I was like, "F this bleep, I'm I don't care." <laughs> there was my review of the match, by the way, too. So dissension. I mean, it went longer than what I actually thought. How long it went? I was like, "Oh, that was a nice eight second or eight minute match," and I was like, "Oh, that match went how long?" Um, and it was okay. I mean, it, it was fine. The, the the finish was okay. I'm happy there's a new team in WWE. I'm I'm really excited to see where this team goes, but sadly they'll lose the titles what tonight? <laughs> probably, probably to the B team or so new uh, tag champs Robert Roode, Dolph Ziggler. Why not? Um, but again, of course, they lose. Uh, uh, Rollins and Strowman lose uh, to create dissension for the main event. There, uh, predictable. Oh, yeah, sure, definitely. but hey, uh, what wasn't as predictable, but I'm sure Ryan did predict it since he is uh, Cook Stradamus. Uh, Bailey oh, yes, taking on Charlotte, one and a half of the uh, f- uh, four horsewomen of NXT uh, matches here tonight. Uh, Bailey taking on Charlotte for the SmackDown women's title match. Still shaking hands, still having the inflatables come up here when Bailey comes out. Charlotte looking perturbed. Uh, I thought this was a great finish, a little shorter than, than what I expected, but hey, it's the further along the storyline. I thought they were putting these two marquee matchups on Night of the Champions 
was a little uh, surprising to me. So that's why I'm not too upset. Uh, I know everyone's giving this a star. Yeah, it wasn't really a match. But again, props to the finish. You know, Bailey taking the bottom turnbuckle pad off. Then, of course, slamming Charlotte's head and getting the quick pin there. And then running with the championship belt and getting out of Dodge. What did you think? I went two stars, so I was better than the one. Um, I mean, this was Charlotte beating up Becky the whole time, or Bailey the whole time. I like Bailey taking off the turnbuckle, but then when she trips Charlotte into it, Charlotte just falls on the on the ground and misses the turnbuckle. So then she has to drive her face into it after it. I think she hurt herself doing that. And I was like, oh, how do you miss that buckle? So that that killed it for me because the cameraman should have they should have not shown that camera view. Oh really? I just, huh. Yeah, it was like if you watch it, she falls right on her knee and misses the buckle, and then just like Christian oh. Scott Steiner drives her face into it because oh no, I missed. <laughs> and then she's then she's not selling anymore because she's smacking her nose because I think she broke her nose doing it. Like for our man. live listener out there, uh, you could finish these shows as we uh, continue to run down the the Clash of Champions card over on BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash strong style media of course find us on apple itunes stitcher uh spotify uh tune in radio wherever you could get your podcast strong style media and or wrestlecast radio uh twitter at wrestlecast underscore ssm pro wrestling tees.com forward slash wrestlecast um ryan we got new two new tag champs on smackdown even though i swear they were drafted to raw uh, the revival, uh, Dash and Dawson, uh, making friends, of course, with Randy Orton and Shane McMahon, which I would, as we talked about a few shows ago, forming a pretty damn cool uh, faction here that looks like, you know, that old traditional horseman-esque type, uh, you know, here. Um, you know, revival taking on Big E, Xavier Woods, of course, exposing the injury uh, to Xavier Woods' legs here. Dash and Dawson looked awesome. They were doing some of their, uh, I would say, NXT tag team work, if you will, very fast, high pace. Um, hell, even taking Big E out of the equation. Um, and then, of course, uh, just taking uh, take it out, Xavier Woods there, I believe, with the submission there. But uh, what do you think? Revival, uh, fresh starts, uh, new champs. Uh, I believe only the third time these two have faced, so this is kind of cool. Psych, this is multiple times. Um, but what did you think of the results of uh, them boys getting the championship? The, the the two dog heads with the with the viper head on the t-shirt, F-T-R-K-O, I guess is what the <laughs> three of them are going by. Um, I'm fine with that. I, I went three and a half. I thought it was really good. I liked it. Um, I was surprised that the revival, being this company, does not ever put over a heel to ever win clean. Looked mm-hmm. dominant in their victory and then tapped him with that reverse figure four. Yeah. After they ripped Wood's gear apart. Um, they hit the shatter machine on Big E on the floor. I, I really liked it. I was glad that a heel actually won decisive because that doesn't happen. Um, it's it's great for it's great for the for um revival. I think it keeps them full speed ahead and doesn't hurt New Day losing those titles. So Who's going to challenge the Revival on SmackDown if New Day, I think, is their only face tag team? Or am I wrong? (laughs) What do you mean? They're just hanging out backstage, you know, giving exposition to everything that we've already watched on WWE programming. Well, well, Street Profits are going to do the Maria Kanellis gender reveal on Raw tonight. I can't believe I just said that on the radio. 
Next up, Fire and Desire, <laughs> Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville challenged the women's uh, tag team champions, Nikki Cross, who was mad over. I was so happy to hear those cheers for her when she came out. And, of course, uh, Little Miss Bliss herself, Alexa Bliss, a.k.a. Harley Quinn, a.k.a. Uh, did some work in this match. Um, I thought this was a pretty damn good uh, good show. You know, Alexa Bliss taking her wounds, uh, you know, kind of from the other team there, of course. Nikki Cross getting that that hot tag there. Fire and Desire, though, you know, looked pretty damn good with their tag wrestling. I liked how they kept Bliss in that corner kind of throughout the match there. Um, but then, of course, you know, Sony the Bill just looks great. But, hey, I will admit, um, I thought Mandy Rose looked improved with her timing. Hell, her stalling suplex wasn't even something to cringe at. Yeah. Uh, Nikki Cross with a rope hang neck breaker on Mandy Rose to get the victory. <laughs> About all I got. <laughs> Speaking of victory, I went two and a quarter. Uh, it was it would felt like they beat up Alexa Bliss for twenty five minutes. Um, I think they had two hot tags of Nikki Cross. I was really confused. It's all for um, the hot tags, man. Yeah, I mean the work was clean though for the most part, so I can't be mad at that. I just didn't care. Uh, a match which, while watching the intros, Ryan, I said, this could be a really good program if they really let it go, you know, during a big show. But after watching this, I don't know anymore. The Miz uh, <laughs> challenging Shinsuke Nakamura uh, for the Intercontinental title match. But look, the artist versus the repackaged face Miz we see every three to four years. I think it could be a lot of fun, you know, especially with Sami Zayn being the mouthpiece. Now, granted, I didn't watch the last couple of weeks of build up here. So I'm not sure if I should be cringing on this statement that I'm making, but this match overall just, it was like a TV match. Essentially. It was like, I was watching Tuesday night SmackDown, nothing too crazy. Of course, the big thing, Sami Zayn coming out uh, with a neck brace after getting choke slammed by the undertaker in Madison square garden, looking for the <clears throat> rub and or the uh, torch to be passed here. But uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Nakamura, and uh, what are they going to do with him? Should he go back to NXT, Ryan? He should go back to New Japan is what he should do. Um, <laughs> I went two and a half on it. I thought the the end, they actually had a kind of a fun little stretch. I hate – I thought I would love, but I hate the Sami Zayn microphone talking thing. It took Agreed. away from that match so much that, like, they're wrestling, and – I couldn't even focus on the match. I thought it was funny when Miz whipped the microphone down the stage. That was pretty good accuracy. Um, the Cleveland Browns <laughs> could definitely use him because Baker Mayfield's not the guy. We'll see you tonight. Uh, I got I got ten bucks on the Jets straight up, baby. Um, <laughs> I mean, it 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 goes exactly off my point about New Day and Revival. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, the heel, cannot get a clean victory. There has to be multiple interferences from Sami Zayn. Um, once that started, I just didn't care. <laughs> uh, people uh, really did want to care for this next match. Again, I thought this was a good first chapter into many, many chapters into this feud. Uh, newly returned is Sasha Banks challenging the man, Becky Lynch, for the WWE Raw Women's uh, Championship here. I will say this, Ryan. I had a lot of fun with this match. I loved how Becky Lynch, you know, was, uh, you know, looking to to kick Sasha's ass. I like how she was like, I was not, you know, I was in the background of all you guys. You know, this is my time. 
you know, this is me, you know, shining here and you just can't, you know, take, you know, that in response here. But then Sasha Banks coming with that line, the man is going to become the boss's bitch. That's a great line, you know, that, that, that right there into their lead up. And I thought this was a pretty damn good match. A few Meteoras, you know, hell, even Becky, or, uh, so, yeah, Becky Lynch in the match saying, this is my title now, you know, as she's beating down, you know, Sasha Banks. You know, it's inevitable to lead to their the Hell in a Cell match. You know, this should have been a grudge match right away, you know, especially the way that they're going. But unfortunately, the referee took the uh, the brunt of the, uh, the, the first shot of a grudge match by taking that chair, which I'm pretty sure that ref is still down because they went into the audience, Ryan, for, I don't know, five minutes, and that ref just disappeared. <laughs> but overall, you know, it is what it is. You know, Becky Lynch gets disqualified, gets fined for hitting the ref with the chair weakly, by the way. So that ref, shame on you. Um, but, you know, they didn't even ring the bell. They just handed Becky the title. And then they essentially announced since she hit the ref, Sasha won. But, of course, Becky retained. Great story. Good emotion, I thought, you know, Sasha playing that, that classic heel really well. Um, you know, even looking pissed when she couldn't beat um, or, or pin or submit Becky Lynch here. The brawl was a good touch, you know, again, to set it up. The disarmor kind of throughout the, uh, the match was, was really nice to see, especially through the, uh, the guardrail on the stairwell. So, um, fun match. And, again, I'm looking more still toward their hell of a cell. I would – I went three and three quarters on this. This would have been a clear four plus star match for me. I thought this was tremendous. They worked their ass off. They did exactly what you've, this is exactly what I've wanted about Becky Lynch since then she got elevated. It just, she, aside from a couple of the things with Charlotte, just never was put in a situation to do it. Sasha was ready and wanted to be in it, but then they just had to do a finish that just drives me nuts. Like, I don't know why this company just can't have things just end normally. You know what I mean? Like, this match mm-hmm. was so good. And, and then they, they go and she hits, she hits Rudy Charles with a chair. After the chair shot, then they go up one end, and then they come back down after throwing mustard on each other down the other end. And then they go back to the chair again. Then they go back to another spot. Then the refs come out. And then, like you said, the match just ends. And they say, due to disqualification, uh, Becky or due to hitting the chair, Becky Lynch has been disqualified. But you're still your Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch. Like they didn't even announce <laughs> Sasha Banks is the winner. They, they just, just said Becky, Becky lost, but she's still champ, and Sasha's just there. <laughs> so I was like, man, if you take away the last ten minutes, this match was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, it pisses me off. What's great too is I really hope these two sets of matches with the four horse women. I hope it really leads into something that, you know, some of them have mentioned in interviews over the last few weeks, which we've been saying, you know, over the last year or since we knew Mania was going to be a headline with Ronda Rousey and possibly Becky Lynch. And, of course, we know Charlotte was put into that uh, into that match. But why don't we get a four horse women fatal four way main event at WrestleMania? I mean, people were enthralled with them. It's they've already main evented before two of them. I mean, Bailey's going to be big. You know, her heel turn, people liked, people enjoyed, you know, her and Sasha there. And then, of course, you throw in the boss. I mean, I, I hope this was just a little, you know, taste, a sample of what we will get, uh, you know, coming up at WrestleMania in Tampa. 
Throw these four women in the main event. They definitely deserve it. We'll get a better wrestling match as long as the show isn't exceeding eight hours at that point. And so I think, you know, let these four and and people will be delivered a great, great main event. I I think this proves too that out of the four, something I've I've said and I, I know you've gone on record a few times saying it too, depending if you still think it or not, but Sasha Banks is still the standout of these four. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, gotcha. Because she has she was in control this, of herself in this match. She wasn't going two hundred in a forty five. It was all her, progressively slow. Her stuff with Bailey is always good. Her stuff with Becky was great. Her stuff with Charlotte was great. You put them the other way around, Charlotte and Bailey did nothing for me. Becky and Bailey did nothing for me when they've done their matches too. It's it, it Charlotte. There's Sasha's a standout. And, and as I've said, I don't even mind the botching Sasha because it's like a good botch because she's just going so crazy. Like yeah. it's like a car crash and you can't take your eyes off it. But I mean, I she's she fantastic. In the uh, Joshi do- Dojo's, uh, I mean, maybe like <laughs> Sadamora maybe set her up with that with that uh, with that pacing, but it's just it, it's just mind boggling that when she's tuned in, she mm-hmm. is that good. Like she yeah. is tremendous, and you know this is the best match I think I've seen Becky have since the the one match at uh, maybe it was the evolution of the SummerSlam match with Charlotte, whichever one I gave four stars oh, to. Oh, yeah, the uh, no rules match, the leg yeah. drop ladder. Um, no, not, and, the, and, not the one from TLC, but uh, not the one oh, okay. so, uh, But it was it was just their one-on-one that they had. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the TLC one was good, too. I mean, it, to be fair, Asuka, who's nowhere to be found, uh, <laughs> shout out to bringing up Kyrie saying that she's nowhere to be found, and you know, let's hope they don't bring up the uh, the evil counterpart to Io Shirai, Lo Shirai, who is uh, copyrighted. Maybe Asuka and uh, the Kyrie seem back to NXT. We'll find out <laughs> when. Um, no, I, I, I thought this was, uh, and again, like you were saying, you know, where, where she's as good as she gets. We already know. We already know. Uh, I, I apologize. Uh, it's okay. Oh, I thought that the was boy, the boy. Oh no, that was the we boy. Looking at kids like, hey, no, you're good. Sorry, Haz. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but with this, we know Sasha can can deliver a banger in in a Hell in a Cell match, as we saw with her and Charlotte. So you know, with this, you know, with her and and, and Becky Lynch now, uh, I can't wait. I mean, Becky Lynch is far and improved, you know, since her days in NXT. She has that character down. The man, the boss. This is your main event next month, right? Well, yeah, I guess. I, oh, it'll probably be the fiend, but yeah, yeah. But why you know, not won't be the event main event? With you know, you know, won't be the main event is uh, if we get another rematch of uh, what what came next. Ooh. Dear God, hey, this match happened. Uh, Kofi Kingston wins the end. Yeah, this I, I, it's just this was. Boring. I couldn't tell you the differences from this match to SummerSlam. I I I, I thought I wa- was watching some of the same match, um, but it happened. It was a cool ending, I suppose. Orton misses the punt, um, and and then Kofi is trouble in paradise. The end. It, it you know, and and like I said, I was all for Kofi Daniel Bryan. Their match was tremendous at WrestleMania. I thought the Kofi moment was fantastic. But he he's a guy that look you give him the moment like Rey Mysterio which was great but then take mm-hmm. the belt off him he this has been one of the most di- like 
unmemorable title runs I've seen in a long time. Is the like conclusion of Seth Rollins' title reign since Mania? If you don't have that, I mean, wouldn't you say Seth Rollins has had one of the most lackluster title reigns of all time? And he lost the belt for a second. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, I mean, he's he been with Corbin, you know, and then you had the Lacey Evans thing. With, like, I get what they did at WrestleMania with those three, but holy crap, have those title runs been a wet fart. It's just... And the problem is Colby Kings gets his ass kicked for 25 minutes and then hits one move and wins. Like, why do I, you don't give me a reason to care. <laughs> like, and, and you know damn well it's just a placeholder until they have Lesnar beat him for it on, on the SmackDowns. Unless they don't get Shane to do it. Because Shane is still employed by the WWE. Oh, so God. It. Um, next match, uh, again, happened. Uh Roman Reigns taking it on Eric Rowan. Yes, Eric is back in his name, which I saw like a few days before the show. Um, the big news coming out of this, A, uh, the powerbomb through a table that Eric Rowan gave to Roman Reigns. Awesome. But, of course, uh, a, a new tidbit came out again a few days before Clash of Champions this ba- uh, yesterday, I should say, um, that uh, Luke Harper will essentially be sitting the rest of his contract out. WWE, WWE had no... Um, they, they, they weren't going to bring him back. They were just going to let him sit. Lo and behold, they swerved the audience as we see Luke Harper uh, kick Roman Reigns as he goes for a second long-distance Superman punch from the entranceway to Eric Rowan, uh, where, again, Luke Harper nails him with the, uh, with the, uh, whatchamacallit, with the big boot there. And then, uh, you know, Harper and Rowan dismantle him. Rowan gets the win, you know, essentially with the uh, the claw slam there, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Corey Graves even uh, having a shout out to their previous tag team name. Um, are you happy a to see Rowan get a get a win over Roman Reigns in this no DQ match? Um, and B, is it just the inevitable that we're going to get the Wyatt family back together just underneath this fiend character? Um. I think they're going to let Rowan and Harper go on or just be on their own, kind of like they were before Harper got hurt. I think that's why, or what the, what the whole goal will be. I'm expecting Roman and Daniel Bryan against Harper and Rowan at the next pay-per-view. Um, but I like that Rowan won. I didn't even see Harper, like where he even came from. That like, that confused me. I was like, holy crap, where did he come from? When he cut off Rowan. This guy's the cameraman the whole night, or one of the guys that hold the wires. <laughs> he's like, my third, and then he just throws everything off and kicks kicks reins, which again, pretty damn cool. Um, I'm fine with that, but just imagine remixed version versions of the Bludgeon Brothers uh, entrance gear, like but like remixed to like fiend like. Wouldn't that be awesome yeah. though? Yeah, I mean it'd be cool. I I just I think I think they're gonna keep Bray Wyatt so like random and it's chaos. I apologize. Um, so random and like one-off that that they'll leave him by himself, but I wouldn't hate it. Like, I wouldn't dislike the idea whatsoever. Like, I'm fine either way with it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I would three and a quarter. I actually kind of like this. I, I I like Rowan swinging the camera around, and I like that it was just a just a, just a fight. Just plunder yeah. fight. It was cool. It was, and it was way better than I expected it to be, so I think that helped too. The other big man brawl uh, that we saw a few months ago, I liked a little bit more with uh, Bobby Lashley and, and Braun Strowman. 
Yeah, just have a little bit more, more catch up to it. So, um, but yeah, it, it is what it is. You know, maybe they'll give another monster push to a monster man. Uh, but we definitely know Luke Harper deserves one. Uh, welcome back. Because now he's no longer just Harper. He's back to being Luke Harper. Yeah, so that's good. Kind of funny. Like he should be. Like, I know it's <laughs> such a little thing, but I hope Paul Heyman's like, first off, can we call him Luke Harper again? <laughs> like, I know it's not a big deal, so can we just do it? Oh, okay. Yeah. But but he got a pot, man. Oh, God, yeah. People love Which Luke made Harper. me happy. He's he got so a pot when he won the IC strap, which he should still be champion. God, him and Nakamura. Talk about a Japanese man he's looking to take out a la Dragon Gate 10 years ago. Yes, uh, I'm going for a Japanese man. <laughs> uh, next match, the main event. Yes, we saw these two individuals a little earlier. Earlier in the night, losing tag team championships. This time, though, will Seth Rollins lose his universal championship? Uh, the answer, unfortunately, is no. But Braun Strowman, again, when he's putting these title matches, he, he leaves an impression. Um, hell, him shoulder-checking Seth, you know, right away. Him, you know, trying to go for power slams and whatnot. And then Seth, you know, kind of going back at Braun's legs, you know, hitting a frog splash here and there. But uh, I thought this was a, a fun match. Good David Goliath, you know, type of bout here. But, of course, two things about this match. Uh, you know, I would say uh, the four curb stomps by Seth Rollins it took. You know, for uh, and a pedigree, Strowman, uh, and the pedigree, but also the the Strowman splash, the Ray Mysterio like splash on a top rope, a work of art, and again utilizing that leg injury where Strowman couldn't make the cover right away as he lands, whoo, on top of Seth Rollins, Rollins, which I don't know how he took that spot, but God bless him. Maybe we'll see his taped ribs tonight on Raw uh, in a few hours here, but. Uh, Braun Strowman looks fantastic. I was kind of hoping that they were gonna, you know, maybe give him give him the uh, the championship here again. Rumors breaking a few hours before Clash of Champions that they were thinking about taking the title off of Seth Rollins, and I said, as great as that would be, uh, I highly doubt that. And obviously, it was the tag team uh, tag team titles there. But um, fun match, quick match, nice little main events. Again, I thought Braun Strowman shined. Um, of course, then the other big key issue is that Seth Rollins is celebrating on the top of the ramp, Ryan. Lo and behold, the lights go out, and who do we see? <laughs> the Fiend. Um, look, I went three and a half on this match, man. I really liked it, too. I, I'm with you. I was scared to death when Strowman went to the top and then almost fell. I was like, oh, God, yeah. he's. Oh, and then he like regained his balance and then just dove like a missile. <laughs> like that was awesome. So I, I give props for that. I mean, they did a they did a great job making Strowman seem strong. Mm-hmm. I just I don't like the fact that Bray Wyatt's already going into a title match. Like where there goes all the mystique and like the mystery of and slow burning of bringing him back. Like you already threw him in there. Are are you, does this mean he's beating Rollins? Because if he doesn't beat you Rollins, then yeah, unless he if Rollins wins, he gets a loss right away. Yeah, like what a waste. You know what I mean? I if think you beat you beat Seth Rollins at a hell in a cell. That's why I don't know if you bring the family all back together. If somehow you intertwine Braun Strowman's relationship. 
with Bray Wyatt, you know, with that. Granted, you know, Harper and Rowan are on SmackDown, so of course they cannot do that. But if you could somehow, again, showcase Strowman and Wyatt's relationship and how that plays into The Fiend, that could be interesting. That could be fun. But hey, Ryan, it's the fall, so that usually means it's Bray Wyatt main event push time with no results. Maybe this time it'll be different. So if, if they bring the Wyatts back together, does that mean that Seth has got to go get his boys, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose for one more run? <laughs> I hope so. No, they'll they'll bring in uh, Roman Reigns and uh, and Cassius Ono. That'd be tight. Cassius Ono is going to wrestle Volter at the Evolve show, by the way. What? <laughs> yeah, that's going to rule. <laughs> wasn't Ono one of the original Shield? Who was the other Shield guy? I forgot. It wasn't Ono. Never mind. He, he was, was going there. to be though. Was it him? Okay, that's what I, that that's where that reference came from, boys and girls. <laughs> yeah, he was supposed but, to be. Um, but Clash of the Champion was there. You know the highlights again: Becky Lynch and and Sasha Banks, albeit the finish was a little crazy and stupid. Uh, which that ref bump was just worse. Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship match between uh, New Day, Biggie, and Xavier Woods and the Revival. Um, and uh, I'm going to throw a little love uh, to nothing else. Ryan will throw it to Reigns and Rowan, but I'd say just watch the last two minutes. Luke Harper <laughs> is back, and that's awesome. Uh, of course, they're going into Hell in a Cell, Ryan, um, just in a few weeks here. And after that pay-per-view... Um, the WWE already announced uh, via Twitter yesterday uh, before the Clash of the Champions pay-per-view that the draft is coming back. And, yes, there will be no BS wild card rule or whatever the hell that thing was that people already forgot about. Uh, but no one could just change from show to show anymore. They want to be distinct. Um, they're doing the draft, I believe, on October 10th. Um, October, sorry, October 11th and October yep, and then, uh Finishing it up on Raw on the 14th. Um, I will, uh, I'll be in Vegas uh, when the SmackDown is there for the draft. Really? Oh, you're going then. I don't know. That's it. That'll be game two of the NLCS that the Dodgers might be in. Are you driving to California for it? No, but I'll be at a bar somewhere. You'll be at a bar when you could be at Dodger Stadium again. <laughs> Yeah, but then I got to leave Vegas and find a way there and come back. And it's a lot of work. It's only four hours. That's not bad. I'll no. rent one of those Lambos. Yeah, you'll just tell them you see them in the morning. My cousin always <laughs> says, hey, I get rent a cars for $2 a day. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Fake news. Um, out of all these events that we watched for this show, Ryan, what would you recommend our listeners to spend their hard-earned time on watching? Um, well, I mean, my highest rated was Cardiff. <laughs> I was surprised at how deliciously great the uh, three matches definitely were uh, with the impromptu Cesaro, Ilya Dragunov, the fantastic triple threat, even though it was down to two teams uh, for the NXT Tag Team, uh, UK Tag Team Championships with the Gallus, Andrews, um, and uh, Flash uh, Morgan Webster taking on the then champs, Grizzly Young Vets, and of course the main event, Valter and Tyler Bates. Um, yeah, those three matches. Now, say we put those three against three from all out, 
All Out's got to have the better average. Oh, that's tough, Ryan. I think no. those All Out yeah. was a 3.33. No, but and, like the uh, top three matches of All Out comparable to the top three of of Cardiff. Oh, let's see here. If I could, let me pull. Let me pull back up. So, AW All Out last three matches: three seven five, four five, and a four. So, what would that be? Eleven, twelve, twelve. So four and a quarter. Would that be? I think. Roughly four, four and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, Takeover Cardiff, uh, three, two, seven, five, and a four, seven, five. So I guess, yeah, so you'd say the, the last three were better, but the, I mean, Cesaro and then that tag match helped balance out oh, Cardiff. Totally. Yeah, we don't count the last or the, the two before the main event of Cardiff, that's for sure. <laughs> Fine matches, but, but nothing of what the, um, the other two we highly marked out over. Uh, what do we got coming up later in the week here, Ryan, as we get into our Puro uh, side on a WrestleCast radio? Oh, I mean, I guess it all depends on how much how much uh, time you got on your hand, but uh, everything that I've checked out that we'll, we potentially will be discussing, uh, just both destruction shows for this weekend were, were decent shows with, with some fun back-end stuff. Um Nights one and two for sure of stardom have been in the books and watched. Um, I'm excited to talk about those. Dragon Gate Gate of Origin was a really fun show as well. Also, the, the Dragon Gate uh, Corkin show took place on the 11th. Uh, that'll be on the network for two more days over there, so I'm going to get that watched as well. Yuji Okabayashi Takuya Nomura match was tremendous. Uh, we'll get into that. We also got to talk the big two matches from the last All Japan show. Uh, it was the, the rematch, Naoya Nomura taking on Kenzo Miyahara, along with the Violent Giants taking on Ryoji Sai and Zeus. <laughs> those two are definitely on my uh, next watch it list because those matches are going to rock. Oh, man. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted as to when we'll come back later this week here, um, get to those. But man, a lot of good wrestling. I'm excited to talk yeah. some uh, Puro next time we're on the air, sir. And we'll also talk about why the Bears uh, are probably the worst team in football. But we'll get into that on the next. Hey, you got a kicker! You got a kicker! kicker. Three out of three. He's got. He's hit an extra point. So I mean, we got that for us. (laughs) Good old. How mad did the Vikings get screwed on those BS offensive uh, calls? By the way, they they didn't deserve to win that game. They had so many opportunities. They overthrew Ru, Ru, uh, Rudolph got overthrown by like 14 feet in the end zone. Diggs was wide open, gets overthrown to the point he had to dive and still didn't get his hands on it. Cut, Why do you think found the rapport yet with such a pretty damn good offensive tool team? I don't know, man. It's uh, Dalvin Cook looked great. Dalvin Cook, I mean, he had 150 yards. Cook looked amazing. He looked like if he didn't get hurt. He probably could be an MVP this year if he continues yeah, he's, to run like he ran pre-injury and how he's looked the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so I don't know. I think they can rebound just fine. I, I, I don't. I, I feel like two weeks when we when we go to Soldier Field, it's going to be the same thing that you saw week one, where it's going to be just a defensive battle because I don't know if Cousins had problems with Green Bay's defense. I don't see how they're going to do anything against Chicago's defense. But mm-hmm. I don't know how Mitch Trubisky is going to do anything against this Vikings defense, too. Oof, man. Trubisky is booty. 
<laughs> yeah, color my face. Uh, oh, man. Hey, Rex Grossman had a good year, too. So, I mean, it is what it could it be is. worse. We could be Sam Darnold and have a mono and be out four to seven <laughs> weeks. <laughs> Ryan, what do you got? What do, what do you got the plug, sir? What do you got uh, coming up on the Twitch servers? Uh, Twitch tonight, we'll be doing some more Borderlands Three here, going going through that. Um, first big pack opening of the year later this week for NBA Two K. This will be before Friday, um, and if I can get this in play, I'm going to start doing uh, Fire Pro Friday, where every Friday night for an hour or two, I'm going to stream Fire Pro Wrestling, put together some dream match scenarios. Uh, I have not installed it, no, but uh, I will. I will have that set up for it. Um, and we'll, like I said, we're just going to run some big dream type matches, do a little mini tournaments, things like that. Give the uh, Okada versus Miyahara type matches to people, and and just kind of have some fun and and do some simulations and just sit back and do some commentary for everybody. So some good stuff coming up down the pipe this week. I have a question about Borderlands Three. This kid at work, which I know nothing about video games anymore, because whatever. Um, <laughs> I just don't. I stream, meaning I just go on the menus of streaming sites and say, I could watch that, I could watch that. But he was saying Borderlands came out uh, PC first before it went online uh, for gaming consoles. Is that true? Uh, I will say no, but I, that's what I, I thought. Because he was like, yeah. it's something he was talking about something about Steam or it's, well, something it's not like on that. Steam. You can only get it on the Epic Store. So what what does any of that mean? Because he said he's playing it on his PC. So Steam is like the general server where you buy all your games, like the Xbox store, things like that for PC. But now mm-hmm. there's an Epic store that Epic Games started where they have exclusive rights to games where they get to sell it like six months early. So people who don't like the Epic store can't play it until next year. So is that exclusivity, is that good or bad then for, for gaming? Um, I don't think it's that bad, but I also don't PC games, so I don't really care. I, PC fans are so cult-like that they're like, ah, oh, only Steam, nothing else. And I hate Epic Game Store. Damn, they're like, who cares? Who cares what store has it? Just buy the game because you want it. Why the Tanahashi caught a beef right there? <laughs> it's like, whatever. That's something I'll just stick to my console. Make it easier on myself. <laughs> You're gonna find him uh, over on Hector uh, Garza last week. What? Pete Pete Dunn versus uh, Hector Garza last week on uh, NXT. By the way, interesting. Uh, Cain Velasquez since making a splash over at Triple A Triple Mania. Ryan, where does Cain Velasquez uh, fit better? AEW Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE, NXT, Progress, uh, WXW or NXT UK? Who do you got? I would stay in Mexico. He's treated like a god over there. So AEW it is. <laughs> yes, there you go. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a good way to do it because you, you can work with AAA then, so I like that. Um, that's true. Last question I have for you. Does Roderick Strong complete the cycle and beat Velveteen Dream on Wednesday? So I believe if, era, if that's your closing there. match... Yes, I think you end the show uh, with the Undisputed Era dripping in gold, sending the marks uh, at full sail and at a home on their couch, doing the UE poses, uh, home happy. So yes, the, he will complete it to set up something for War Games, of course, in Chicago, just in a couple of months here. 
what, what a weird description on WWE.com here. Will the Messiah of the Backbreaker seal the deal? Don't miss history in the making next Wednesday when NXT airs live for two hours, starting at 8, 7 central on the USA Network, and then continue at 8, 9 central on the award-winning WWE Network. So if I just wait an hour, I can just watch it on the network? I thought it was like a day late. No, I heard they were going to do that, and then they were going to air it on uh, the network the next day. Like, have the mm-hmm. full show. Well, I guess uh, it'll be starting just an hour later on the network. Sadly, I probably still won't watch uh, NXT. <laughs> Even if it's on TV now. We'll see, because That's... Wednesday, Brian, is a lot of stuff. You have, uh, you know, of course, AEW starting. You have NXT. I got the challenge. I mean, this is only be the third week it's on, so I got literally two more months of the challenge coming on. And see, well, I didn't know the new one of X started. They replay like a gajillion other shows like Catfish 80 times a day or Teen Mom, but the challenge and the Hills New Beginnings, nope. If I if I forget to record it, I got to wait for that ish on uh, on demand, which could take like two weeks for this bootleg cable company. <laughs> so the struggle is real for Wednesdays. Plus, I got Modern Families last season coming. You know, all of ABC Wednesday sitcoms. I'm like, what am I going to do Wednesday? And usually I close, so my head's going to explode. <laughs> Find out next time on WrestleCast Radio how Alex solves the conundrum of watching television <laughs> on a Wednesday evening in America. <laughs> For Alex Mello, I am Ryan Cook. You have listened to us live. For the most part. We'll be back later this week. We got some pure for you. It'll be a positive show, I promise you. See you guys later. Oh, that's that's the wrong button. <laughs>